is Chris Gary, and I am back from my supposed couple of interview suspension. <laughs> Andrew Benjamin is obviously waiting in the wings. Jack Wanan, or Jack Wanan, yeah, Jack Wanan is waiting as well. Because this is yet another edition of the We Are Rising podcast. We show about all things about the Rising Fighting Federation and Japanese combat sports, or if we tend to find some time to talk about things, or, you know, if another person wants to have something to talk about, other than fighting, we tend to shoot the shit. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92. Andrew is at abenja one Jack, what's your Twitter handle? Oh, it's just my uh, full name, Jack Wanan, so W-A-N-N-A-N. Oh, okay. And the show handle is at We Are Rising Pod. W-E-A-R-E-R-I-Z-I-N-P-O-D, all in one word. Now, Jack, before we continue on with, obviously, us talking about Rising 25, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, first of all, um, I want to say thank thank you, you guys, to um, bring me on the show. Obviously, it was flattering that uh, I got invited on for such a uh, special event. We're going to be previewing Ryzen 25. Uh, I'm Jack Wannan. Uh I've been covering MMA for a while now on my website, uh, knockdownnews.com. And, um, you know, like all the major MMA promotions, I cover Ryzen. And, um, you know, like a lot of people online, I'm going to be watching it live. Uh, unfortunately, just because of time zones and how that works out, I'll be pulling it all night or watching it. But I think that's just part of the experience. I mean, come to think of it, what part of the world are you from? Uh, I'm from Toronto. Oh, my apologies. My apologies. Meaning you're pretty much going to be in the same time zone as Andrew trying to see how this car plays out. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. Me and Andrew, we're going we're gonna to make it through this together. Well, you know, I'll say this. I think, you know, I guess you could say the Ryzen Live era has been at least a little bit more bearable than the Fight TV era when it comes to just the show lengths and intermissions. Would you say so? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, I, also, I think I could be wrong, but I don't think this one goes to Fuji TV. Yes. Yes, yes. Uh, this one, I think that, yeah, this one is tape delayed, I think. I think they're doing it like a week later or whatever that, that thing is. So that should be at least a good sign that maybe this we can get out of there by maybe 4 a.m. or 5 a.m., hopefully, if all if all the fights go to finishes and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, the, the trick for me is just don't look at the clock because it'll make you anxious. It'll make you think about how much sleep you're losing, just out of sight, out of mind. Okay, but before we get into the card, um, uh, Jack, I do want to ask, so as somebody who's covered MMA for a long time, long uh I want to just get your thoughts right now on on Ryzen right now uh, in the pandemic era, I guess we could call it. Uh, what? Do you, how do you think they've been doing so far? Uh, and just yeah, tell us, you know, you know, and compare and contrast like how they were before the pandemic. Uh, I want to hear all of your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that um, Ryzen in general has done a pretty good job amid the pandemic, um, just starting back over again. Um, I was sort of, when I was researching the show, I was sort of like surprised that we're at Ryzen 25 at this point. It just feels like the, the layoff they would have would make it so that, you know, they wouldn't have this many events already in 2020, and we're going to be having 26 in December. Um, that's just surprising to me. Um, I think this promotion, obviously they have the, the setback of 
um, having trouble getting people into the country because of COVID-19 restrictions. Um, but I think that uh, with that, they've still been trying their best to put together um, strong cards, you know, because before a lot of their cards, you know, relied on so much talent outside of the country. Um, and now that's just completely out of the picture. Um, but I think, you know, even though that is something that has hurt them, um, you know, they've been doing a good job putting on good lineups. Mm-hmm. And what do what you, what are your thoughts about the lack of English commentary? Has that been, uh, has that bothered you at all? Or is, is that something that, I don't know, is it something that you, that you enjoy more? Uh, maybe you hated English commentary, I'm not so sure. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the lack of English commentary? Um, I've never been too um, picky about commentary. I think that obviously accessibility is um, just a good thing for the promotion to have. Um, because, I mean, there's people like us who will um, have the resources we'll know to go to Tapology, know who to follow on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, but if you want to get someone into Ryzen, um, you know, there isn't that voice which can sort of do the homework for them and tell them about stuff during the broadcast. So from that perspective, from the perspective of people who might be watching Ryzen for the first time or might just only watch um, some shows every year, um, you know, I think that might be a struggle for them. For me, uh, I don't really, I don't really mind. Mm-hmm, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, and uh, just curious to know, uh, any any particular fight you've enjoyed? Uh, do you have like a favorite fight so far that that Ryzen has put on uh, this year? Man, I think that uh, when you look at this year, and this has only been uh, accentuated by the main event we're going to see in December, but this is the year of the Asakura brothers. Mm. You know, this is um, especially when I mean we sort of saw the storyline heading up to December was that, okay, well, this could be the night that Kai Asakura becomes the champion of the company. Um, uh, Mano Cape obviously um, took that spotlight from him on New Year's Eve. Uh, with Cape out of the picture, um, Kai stepped up to the plate and became the uh, new champion. Um, and we could possibly, this weekend, see Mikuru become uh, the other champion, have champion brothers. That would just be... Um, such a big thing for them and you know when you look at how they've been outside of the ring um becoming successful on youtube becoming uh stars that don't have to rely on fighting to make a living it's been a big year for them um so i and and you asked fight of the year and i i sort of strayed away from that um i guess my answer would be is that they put on some really entertaining uh fights and uh we could see another one of those this weekend from me group mm-hmm. uh yeah and uh before we we're gonna before we we're gonna go down down with this car just shortly. What do you think overall of this car? Because when they finally came out the fight uh, the fight order, I was surprised. Apart from the fact that there's only a total of ten fights, uh, which I don't know that's that that might be I don't know if that's a, the least amount of fights that that Ryzen has had. At least that's what I can recall. Um, it's uh, I don't know if they've had anything less than ten. But in terms of uh, like card strength. I looked at it and I was like, this is really only a one-match card uh, for that featherweight title main event. Do you agree with that? Or may, do you see some other strengths in this card that maybe that others don't see? Yeah, I think that this is uh, definitely one of the weaker cards. It was just surprising to me that um, they even put on an event in November. I thought they would just, uh, after their last event, just wait until um, New Year's Eve to do another event, maybe, you know, do like they've done before, back-to-back events on New Year's Eve. Um, but, you know, they did an event this month. Uh, you know, it's it, talent-wise, like some of the bookings 
when you look at some of the matches, it looks sort of like a weak card. Like, you know, there's some people on this card which, you know, we've never even seen these guys before. And people who watch the regional scene in Japan might have not even seen these guys before. Um, and somebody might be listening and thinking, well, I've seen this guy before. But um, at least from my perspective, I, I mean, there's some people on the, on the card which I haven't seen before. Um, but with that being said, I mean, that, that's not to write off the card in any way. Um, on paper, this is how it looks. All that really matters is uh, how it delivers in the end. Oh, yeah, of course. I feel like I, that, that at least it seems to happen in Justin MMA. When people say this is a weak card on paper, mm. it winds up a lot. That goes for UFC, Bellator. Right, yeah. It always just winds up delivering like great knockouts or great just three-round or five-round fights. That always just seems to be what happens. And it uh, tends a lot of times where, oh, maybe, the, uh, where, oh, you think this car is going to be the most exciting car, and then, you know, main event is a shit, shit show, you know. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, th- I, I think on paper it's weak, but I think you're right. I think, I think this card might deliver. Uh, probably, may, it may deliver the strongest, I think. What do you think, Christian, uh, well, about that whole thing? I mean, I think that a lot of people underestimate, you know, certain aspects about combat sports, especially in Japan, where, you know, they treat fighting with respect. Yeah. They don't treat it like it's some Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Floyd Mayweather type of shit show. <laughs> I get, I get, I totally get it. I totally get it. Um, with that being said, Christian, let's go on to this card. Uh, uh, this Osaka show card. But you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about the kickboxing fights by order of weight. Class. Before we before we go to that, Chris, I gotta mention this is gonna be at Osaka Joe Hall. You know what Osaka Joe Hall is famous for, right? Pro wrestling and fighting, baby. Oh yes, the New Japan uh, Pro Wrestling Dominion show. Sorry, I just had to say that. But uh, yeah, so let's talk about the four kickboxing matches because um. Yeah, those are probably the matches that probably no one's paying attention to except for maybe one of the kickboxing matches. So we're going to just talk about them all once to kind of plow right through them. But uh, whenever you're ready, Christian, go right ahead and do your thing. Mm-hmm. And to that, we're going to be talking about them by order of weight class. So, obviously, <laughs> we're going to start at the 117-pound weight division. Jin Mandokono versus Shuto Sato. Mandokono, 5 feet 4, 117 pounds, a native of Osaka, Japan, born September 3rd, 1998. He holds a professional kickboxing record of 11 wins and 8 losses, with 2 of his 11 wins by way of knockout. And he is currently 1-0 inside the Rising Ring, defeating Issei Ishii back on October 15, 2017. At one of the rising year-end shows, of course, his opponent Shuto Sato. His opponent Shuto Sato, five foot four, one hundred seventeen pounds, age twenty-two, on February the second, nineteen ninety-eight, in the Aichi Prefecture. He holds a professional kickboxing record of nine wins and thirteen losses, with five of his nine wins by way of knockout. But he is a former 
Max FC flyweight champion, a former shoebox in Japan, bantamweight champion, and he obviously has fought in Rebels and obviously fought for shoeboxing. So this is his combined, I mean, so that basically was his combined kickboxing and shoeboxing record. Now as the second fight on our list, this deep 133 pound weight class between the ever indomitable, ah, fuck, between the ever indomitable, lovable loser known as Tiger Kawabe versus Yuma Yamahata. Now let's see if I can, ah, let me go ahead and read Tiger's record real quick. Tiger Kawabe, 24 years old, born August the 14th. 1996, representing the Tri-Hard Gym in Sagamihara, Osaka, Japan, I think. No, yeah, no wait, that's Sagamihara, Sagamihara Kanagawa, Japan. Mm-hmm. I'm so fucking stupid when it comes down to that. The Hypernova has a professional kickboxing record of 21 wins, 12 losses, and one draw, and currently holds a rising record of one four and one that one win was against the ei fighter ricardo machida his four losses three via knockout to dallas and gomez Fahelia, kento haraguchi in his most recent fight and taiju shiratori in addition to losing to him in the previous event last year and drawn with kento haraguchi so basically <laughs> He's probably the only fighter in the Rising Fighting Federation that's lost to every single person he's faced off against. Mm. <laughs> Go figure. In the meantime, his opponent, Yuma Yamahata, I don't really have any information on him. I, I can uh, I can take care of that, Christian. Uh, Yuma Yamahata, he's a former deep kick uh, 63 uh, kilogram uh, champion. Uh, 12 and 7, 4 KOs. Uh, and he is from, I believe he is from the Osaka region. Let me double check on that. Um, yes, represents Shinshojuku Fight Gym. Yes. In Yao, <laughs> hate the name, Osaka, Japan. And, uh, he's got, he's got wins over, uh, people like Kazuki Takeichi, Keiba Shoji, Ramu, uh, that was in the uh, New Japan uh, Kickboxing Federation. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so uh, he's facing mainly a guy who's, who's trained in Muay Thai, but uh, does uh, traditional kickboxing in Japan. Um, but sorry, Christian, go ahead. Uh, and also, yeah, sorry, he's 5'7", 170 centimeters, uh, and 25 years old. So one, uh, has one year uh, on Taiga. I see, I see. The next fight on the list, 139 pounds, Yuma Yamaguchi versus Shohei Asahala. First of all, for Asahala, the indomitable warlord, (laughs) he is 36 years old, born September 3rd, 1984. He stands in at 171 centimeters, which I guess is 5 feet 7, right? Yeah, that's about five foot seven. If I if I do my math correctly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sixty-three kilos, one hundred forty pounds. His fighting career, 
He's fought 40 times. He's won 23 fights, 6 via knockout, lost 16 fights, and fought in one draw. He is the former Rise Lightweight Champion. He is the fourth Ernesto Hoops Cup winner and the first ever Rise Super Lightweight World Champion. His opponent, Yuga, Mad Clown Yamaguchi. 170 centimeters, which is 5 feet 6 inches tall, 65 kilograms, 143 pounds. He was born June 13, 1994, so that makes him 26 years old. He's from the Osaka Prefecture. He has fought 34 times, won 19 fights, 14 by way of knockout, lost 13 times, and fought in two draws. He is the former Innovation Lightweight Champion and the fourth deep kickboxing 60-kilogram world champion. And, of course, the main kickboxing bout, we get to see another damn Ibata brother. <laughs> Actually, no, he's not related to Ibata. He's not an Ibata brother. He just happens to have the same last name. I know it's a coincidence, but, uh, yeah, no, no relation to the to the famed kickboxing uh, brother duo uh, Ibatas. Oh, so this uh, is basically a conundrum. I know it, it, it's it's uh yeah I know I'm trying to think it's it's like when um it's like um those two uh the two uh, MMA fighters who have whose names are Anderson Silva kind of. Um, oh, like Anderson the Spider Silva and Anderson Braddock Silva. Yeah, 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 like that, like that. Right, right, right. Either way, either way, it's Ida Nori Ibata. All six foot six, 176 pounds of him, who's fighting in the rare breed known as the Rising Middleweight Division <laughs> against Isami Sano. Now, of course, I don't have much information on him. I'm well, looking through the Japanese Wikipedia right now. I'll, I'll take care of that, Christian. So, uh, Ibata is a Taekwondo national champion. And I believe he was going to represent uh, Japan in the Taekwondo Olympics this year, but of course the Olympics were canceled, um, so that did not happen. No, but they canceled. They weren't canceled. They were postponed. Oh, oh postponed. Whatever. Whatever you want. Yeah. So, yeah, he was supposed. To, I believe he was going to be representing the uh, Japan and and Taekwondo, um, but he had made um, when those plans fell through. He did t uh, publicly. He said he wanted to fight in Ryzen, so I guess Ryzen must have saw that and was like, "Oh, let's put him on a card or something." And then Isami Sato, uh, twenty years old, one hundred eighty-four centimeters, six feet. Um, I not much is known about him as a uh, as a kickboxer. The only thing that he has is that he has one amateur kickboxing win over Peter Ahert's son. Uh, he knocked out. Um, a Hertz Jr. Uh, but they. Oh, wow, really? I didn't know that Peter Ahertz had a son. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh. And uh. Yeah. So basically, you got two people who are making their pro debuts. And, uh, by the way, Isami Sato represents Kabushi no Kai, Kuroshiki Okayama, Japan. Okay. Oh wow. Okayama. Okayama's far from Osaka. Um. So yeah. So that. Sorry, Christian. What was that? Please continue. Oh yeah, so yeah, basically two uh, two guys, two young guys making their pro debuts. Um, Not to mention in the rare unicorn, 
Corn, known as the Rising Middleweight Division. I know, that's so funny. <laughs> so, Bro debuts in, in the uh, uh, division, in, 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 a, in a unicorn division. And in kickboxing, by the way, as well. Uh, think about that. Um, yep. So, uh, Jack, I want to throw this to you. I know that, you know, I don't know if you are if you were following the kickboxers that much, but I'm curious to know. Uh, first, just quickly talking about Jin Madokuro and Sayuto Sato. Do you have any thoughts on this 117-pound uh, uh, match? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I do not have any thoughts on that match. Um, I, I'll say that probably for a lot of people, if you're tuning into this show uh, and you're a kickboxing fan, you'll be tuning in because you want to watch kickboxing, not because you necessarily are um, seeing names that pop out on the schedule to you. I mean, I can't say that as someone who is like a, a kickboxing expert like yeah. other people are. That's just how I think it is. I guess so. Some someone can um, correct me online if they uh, feel differently. Well, um, do you feel comfortable making predictions for any of the kickboxing matches? Or how about that? Um, hmm, not really. But I'll, 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 if I'll mention one thing, it's that uh, for the Tiger fight, um, I am interested to see how that fight happens because uh, win or loss, mostly loss, Tiger does put on uh, entertaining fights. Um, you know, basically saying that Tiger Kawabe is more exciting when he loses than when he wins. Hey, listen, uh, all I'm saying is that um, whatever he brings out of his opponents um, makes a very entertaining fight. Well, no, no you, we were t- you and I were talking about this off air, and that I just can't figure out why Tiger gets all these chances from Ryzen. You know, Christian read his record. He hasn't... He's won only one fight in Ryzen. And all the others were losses and one draw. So, I'm just... I just don't know. Like, how did... I mean, is he really that entertaining? Is he... Is he entertaining because he... The way he loses is so, like, almost embarrassing? For a guy of his talent? This is a former K1... K1 champion. And he's and he's losing to guys who he should not be losing to, and 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 like bad fashion. Tiger is like the Chicago Cubs before twenty sixteen, a lovable loser. But when does losing become not lovable anymore? Like when does it become when when does it go into that like that BJ Penn uh category where it becomes so sad and you're just like. Just quit. Uh, to be wh- fair, I, his his fights over Taiju, I don't think they were horrible losses. He he scored a knockdown in the first one, and then the second one ended due to a cut. And I mean, when it ends due to a cut, that's not the most like shameful loss you can get. True, but about that first fight, so that's a good that's a good point you brought up. That fight, he I think he could have won that fight if he wasn't fooling around and hugging Taiju in the third round. He's seen he's seen more. Uh, wanting to be friendly in the third round than he did in the in that second round where he got those those two knockdowns. So, you know, apart from the fact that yeah, you know, was that yeah that was like maybe the best he looked in a long time and against a high level opponent. But like the fact that he basically threw away his third that third round almost consciously makes me like, why what the fuck is wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? It's 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 it's. I just it just it made no sense to me personally. So do you remember that, Jack? Or do you have any thoughts on on that? A lot of things are wrong with him. Wouldn't you agree? Oh yeah, yeah, and just in general, 
it seems to be a thing for tryhard gym that they that they're um, that they're not doing as well as they should be. Um, at least the well, at least the uh, Kawabi brothers are. I mean, I was just like surprised he landed the knockdown. After that, I was like, you know what, you know, you you have surpassed my expectations. Um, no matter what happens from here on. Good job. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's uh, uh, well, let's go. Uh, well, then uh, Christian and I will, will give predictions on, on the kickboxing match. I, I, well, I'm assuming you're saying that, that. Do you think Tiger will win this match? Do you think this is going to be his rebuilding phase? Do you think this is him going to be making a comeback, or do you think he's going to lose again in embarrassing fashion? How about? Oh, I'm going to put some hope behind him. I'm going to say this is going to be it. This is going to be the start of the um, the the next chapter in his career. Because if anything, 2020 should have been the year that this does happen. Because 2020 has been such a fucked up year that if, if that this should have been the year that he gets a comeback and he fights tension on New Year's Eve, but it hasn't <laughs> happened. So that tells me that I think is that, is that the trajectory he's one went off from getting a tension fight. Well, that's the thing is when uh when the first uh when the uh when he had his uh fight at the Ryzen 23 show I think it was. Uh, 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 Luke and I, we were, we were doing predictions. We basically did, we were thinking of like the most 2020 way that, that that show could go, and it would be Tiger winning, knocking out Kento Haraguchi, and then challenging Tension at New Year's Eve and knocking out Tension the first round. And just like, that's how, like, that's how, like, it, like it, he was a hero all along that we needed. That would be, uh, something of storybooks. Oh, yes, it would. It would absolutely would be. Um, but uh, Christian, uh, let's talk about the uh, that the first uh, kickboxing match, uh, Maldokuro Sayutu Sato. Any thoughts on that match? I mean, to be honest, you got two men in the pack mule division, 117 pounds, looking to make waves. Mm-hmm. And considering the fact that Maldokuro has only fought, I think one other time in Ryzen, he's definitely looking forward to making the best of a second opportunity. Oh, yes. I can definitely also tell you that Madokuro is the better fighter of the two. Uh, and I'm not just saying that by the record, 11-8 uh, uh, versus 9-13. Madokuro is is a very fast, lightning-fast puncher. And uh, I think he's going to knock out Sato probably in the second round. Uh, you have any predictions? I think it's going to probably end via second round KO, Mandokoro. Oh, good. So we agree on that. Now, Taiga and Yuma. Uh, just one thing oh, about sorry. that fight. Yeah. I wanted to ask, like, why both these guys are coming off losses, if I'm not mistaken. Why is this, like, on the card? Uh, they coming off, uh, I mean, they're in their respective promotions? I didn't know that. Let me uh, double check on that. Um, uh, well, I could be wrong. Let me check. Like you said, Andrew, you don't like to pit losers for losers. Oh yes, actually yes. So, so yeah, Sato lost his first, his his last uh, match, a shoot boxing match, back in February, and Madokuro lost uh, in Rise uh, back in July um, uh, by majority decision. Um, my guess is probably you know, I think that you know, I think Rise is trying to expand a lot of their divisions. Uh, we saw uh, with uh, Yoshinari. That there looks, they had someone in a hundred and twelve pound uh, fighter uh, in that division. So I don't know if they're trying to find pe- fighters that are maybe close at weight division that they maybe can pair up with uh, Yoshinari. Um, but 
I, you know, I think, yeah, Christian, you said it best. You know, if you're going to put two fighters against each other, I have no problem when you put two fighters who lost against each other. I've always liked that booking or winners versus winners. Um, what do you think about that, Jack? About that, Jack? Do you think that it, it's at least appropriate to to pit two losers against each other rather than a winner versus a loser? Oh yeah, I mean, my, my I, I think that's just logical booking. My concern was just sort of like if these guys are coming off of losses on the regional scene, it doesn't really make sense to be like, okay, now you guys get to fight on the higher level. Like, gotcha. Well, in fairness, I, 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 I think that when we see um, where they are in the car, I think they actually might be the openers. As you know, I think they're the, they're the uh, second match. But nonetheless, they're in the prelim. They're, they're in the quote prelim. So I want to say they're getting a high profile, um, high profile, uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, part in the card. Also, not to mention as well, Madokuro did fight previously in Ryzen as well, as Christian mentioned. Um, and I think, that, did you say Sato also fought in, uh, yeah, Sato also fought in Ryzen. So they're, so it's like they're bringing, I don't know, with, you know, like you said, you know, with, with the lack of foreigners, you know, I, if, you know, they are, I don't want to say the scrape the bottom of the barrel, but they are, they have a lot less, they have more to choose from in Japan, but just less general talents, if, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, so that's why, you know, you're going to see fighters, that they're getting fighters of like 8-8, eight and 2-1 eight, and one records. Just because they have not a lot to choose from as of now. I'm sure when the borders open up, we're going to see a lot more, less of those types of fighters um, for the most part. But yeah, I think it's also circumstances as well. Um, yeah, and it's it's one of those things too where like I, it's not necessarily a complaint for me. It's just like on paper it looks sort of weird. But I mean, when you I, personally, I think that a lot of the kickboxing uh, bouts that Ryzen puts on these cards, uh, sometimes it'll be guys who I don't know much about. But they'll they'll deliver with a good fight. So I mean, um, there's there's I'm only going off of what I see now. Of course, um, it could be an amazing fight for all I know. Oh, of course, of course. No, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Christian Tiger Yuma Yamahata. Um, Tiger's gonna lose, and he's gonna lose again embarrassingly. That's my prediction. <laughs> I think he's gonna he's gonna get, it's gonna be another it's gonna be not another knockout loss. What do you think? for this fight is if Tiger doesn't embarrass himself no if Tiger doesn't pull an embarrassing effort and lose on I mean lose by proxy I just hope that he wins impressively because the last thing I want to see is him continuously losing like there's a such thing in the sports world as tanking for draft picks I mean, I'm pretty sure the Maple Leafs know how to do that, right, Jack? <laughs> oh, come on. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't even follow hockey that much. But still, there's a such thing in the sports world as tanking for draft picks. We don't need to see Tiger tanking for relevancy. I agree. I, I think that Mike Skite said it best, that Tiger, despite being only 24 years old, is past his prime as a kickboxer. Which is very like, I think that I think he he's spot on that. Tiger's time has passed, and also didn't he say, didn't Sakagi Barra say that that uh, he wanted Tiger to do t- MMA or something at the press conference? I thought he said that, or Tiger said he wanted to do MMA. Why is he still in kickboxing? Shouldn't he be training for an MMA fight or something? I don't know. I, I 
Okay, well, you know, he's gonna he's gonna get knocked out probably embarrassingly, unfortunately. Um once again. Uh let's talk about the next uh kickboxing match. Uh Yuma Yamaguchi, Shohei Asahara, which will be opening the uh the Ryzen twenty five card. Uh thoughts on this, Christian? I mean, I don't know much about either one of these fighters, unfortunately. I just hope that Yamaguchi wins because of the name value. And, of course, both of these guys fight for Rise. So, who knows? Maybe they probably might be fighting for a potential peck in order for a title shot over there. Well, here, you know, the problem, uh, Yamaguchi has, like, fought, like, in every sort of, like, kickboxing thing. He's done Muay Thai, kickboxing. I think he's maybe even done shootboxing, if I, if I remember correctly. Problem is, though, is that he gets knocked out very easily. Badly sometimes. Um, Asahara, on the hand, on the other hand, you know he he can he he's not the most exciting fighter, but he can weather a storm if that makes any sense. So he can he can go the distance if necessary. Um, I do not think that uh, Yamaguchi this is gonna is gonna end well for Yamaguchi. I think he's gonna get knocked out. Uh, probably once again. Uh, in uh in his uh esteemed kickboxing career and he's going uh i think he'll probably be by the third round i think um now with this next match oh no hitting Yabata, sami sano christian give me your hot the takes the taller guy Yabata is gonna win i mean i think he's gonna use that height and that reach advantage he has probably to play a factor into this fight. Even if he is fighting as a debutante, much like his opponent. You know, I always like to see... It's going to sound weird. Um, maybe, Jack, you, you'll, you'll understand what I'm about to, how I'm going to explain this. So, I don't know why. I love seeing really tall fighters get knocked out by shorter guys. My favorite type of knockout like that was when Mark Hunt knocked out Stefan Struve. You remember that one, uh, Jack? Yeah. I don't know why. There's just something so satisfying about seeing somebody who's much shorter just clip a guy who's like five inches or six inches tall on the chin, and they just... I don't know why. The way they fall down, I find, is very hilarious. So while I think that Ibata... I don't know. I kind of want to see... I, I kind of want to see that again. With Sano knocking out the tall Ibata, so... I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Now, are you saying with or without jumping? I think it'd be funnier with jumping, like just some like, just like a jumping hook or something. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it'll. It's. I. I don't know. Like. I don't know. Like. So. I. I just. I feel like. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this is gonna be a a well technically versed kickboxing match or if it's just gonna be an ugly brawl. Considering it's both their pro debuts. I'm intrigued though. I'm always intrigued whenever people make their pro debuts. Because it could be... It's... it's it's It can be entertaining. It can be embarrassing. But that's the thing. You just don't know. So I'm intrigued by how this match will play out. I really am. But I, I'm going to pick Sano. By, uh, by a wacky knockout of some kind. Listen, uh, I'm not... I'm not, uh in the same boat with you about the, 
the small guys knocking out the big guys thing. That that's not a, a something that I have thought of as um, necessarily amazing. But I will say this: I I do like watching pro debuts. To me, it is interesting just to see very first time what has someone learned, what are they doing in there, you know. Um, just that to me is so interesting, you know, and just the idea that it's for someone a, you know, fresh start, their, their record is 0-0, zero, zero, and it's just seeing the very first impression of someone, to me that's interesting. Oh yeah, I get you. Well, also because, you know, I always hate when people say like, oh, the taller guy has the advantage, oh, look at this, how, how can, how can this, how can the uh, shorter guy beat the taller guy. The taller guy's got all the advantages. As a short guy, as a guy who's only five foot seven, it's kind of it gets annoying when I hear the taller guys get overpraised just for something, uh, just for them being not as vertically challenged as us. So it's, it's also I admit there's also an ego thing is there as well. It's like yeah, that's one for our team. Uh, uh, so whenever like someone on the short on the short end gets the gets the taller guy. Um, but yeah, this will be. I, I I am I am I am kind of looking forward to this fight in the end. I will I I will be. This will be the little one kickboxing match. I think out of all four that I'm definitely paying attention to the most. Um, Christian. Uh, with that being said, let's move on to the first MMA fight of the show. Oh yeah, let's go ahead and talk about Kotesu No Face Boku's last stand. <laughs> and of course. We're talking about Kotesu No Face Boku, the former 1FC lightweight or actually featherweight world champion and one-time dream veteran versus Dark Rakuto Shirakawa. First of all, the particulars for Dark Rakuto. He's 29 years old. He's 5 feet 8 inches tall, 134.8 pounds. He fights out of style MMA studio, Ellen from Osaka. He's 29 years old, born July 18th, 1991. And he is a one-fight veteran of Ryzen, losing to Kyohei Hagiwara via straight right-hand knockout back at Ryzen 22 on August the 9th. <laughs> but other than that, he is a veteran, a long-time veteran of the deep with pit stops and demolition, hand grace, and gladiator to his credit. His opponents, the wily veteran, who, oh, by the way, if you didn't check out the Twitterverse, you'll know that Crazy B dropped him like a bad habit. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, I, want, I think that's an interesting uh, topic that came up, uh, or possible news thing to come up, but uh, we'll talk about that after we're done talking about the fight. Contessa no face Boku, a.k.a. Kwang Cho Park, a 952.9 pounds, age 43, born May 27, 1977, in Shizuoka, Japan, formerly a representative of Crazy B, who is a judoka and a boxer. Of course, if you've been following him for the last few years, you would know just how much of a basket case he's been. Not saying that he's a basket case in a good way, but still, the point of the matter is he made his 1FC debut fighting for the 1FC lightweight title back on October the 6th, 2012. And since then, it's just been nothing but 
a complete cluster, so to speak. And after getting cut by one FC after three straight losses, he took his L show to Ryzen back on October. I mean, back on August 10th, and lost to the younger Jin Aoi via unanimous decision in what was supposed to have been his retirement fight. But I have to ask. You know, one thing before we obviously get to the elephant in the room, him being out of crazy being, you know, if he does lose his next fight, would you immediately say that this man's career is over? Yes. Well, I thought it was all over with the first fight. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Jack, um, what are your thoughts about that, about Kotetsu Boku um, and retirement? Yeah, I mean... It just sort of makes sense, right? Um, you would hope that someone could go on a win. Unfortunately, when someone goes too far into their career, you see the possibility of them go out on a loss and possibly a bad loss. I mean, we possibly saw that with Anderson Silva a few weeks ago where um, we, I mean, it's sort of a gray area as if that was his last fight. But, um, you know, we saw him go on a loss where he got dropped, you know? Um, so hopefully, I mean, you never want to see people stick around in the sport too long, especially because of how dangerous the sport is, right? So, I mean, I, I, I hope this is his last one. Yeah, you saw, you saw the fight that he had, uh, uh, at Ryzen 22, I believe it was, right? No, Ryzen 23. 23, yeah. 23, yeah. Well, that, that was one of the worst fights of the year, just for any promotion, any, any major promotion. Um, why he did not quit after that fight, I have no idea. I don't know if he... I mean, I, I think that for some people, it's just like, you want the satisfaction of ending your career on a high note, right? I mean, yeah. you think about it, someone's career is decades of their life, and it's it, it's probably really hard for them to let go of that, you know? It's, it's letting go of, you know, what has been every single day of your life for years and years. Also, but also, he did say he was going to quit if he had lost that match. So I don't know if he's saying if this will be his last match, maybe because you know, like you're saying, he wants to go out and win. Okay, fine, but presuming that he doesn't win this match, does he keep on fighting until he gets a win, and then it's like, okay, I got my win, I quit. Yeah, well, I, I don't think he he said uh, that he wanted necessarily to go out and win on a win. I mean, I I guess everybody probably does want to go out on a win, but yeah, um, you know, I I I just hope this is his last one. Um, and also, like, you have to think about it, like, how many chances uh, would Ryzen want to give him? Everybody knows he's lost his last four. Would you want to keep the guy around if he just keeps losing? Yeah, and that's the same thing I make, I made about uh, Tyga as well. Um, but at least I'll say this, Tyga at least has a little bit more name value, I would say, than May Boku. Also, here's the other thing. Boku wanted to fight Mikuru. And that's, I don't know if you remember that, Jack, but Boku said, right. yeah. And, the, and when it that like, happened, there was sort of this, like, weird shock. Like, is that really, because it happened at the end of, it was in, after the main event of Ryzen 21, yeah. where Mikuru beat uh, Daniel Salas. Yes. So it was sort of this, like, weird, like, I mean, for a lot of people, it was late at night. It must, must some people must have thought they were dreaming when they are like, is he really in the ring challenging him? Yeah. Like, um, it was very weird. You know, listen, I, I said this when we did, uh, when we reviewed uh, Boku's last match. I'm so glad that fight never happened because if it happened, Boku might have like legitimately died in the ring. Really, like I don't know what other outcome would have been 
Boku, Boku would not have come out of that, of that fight the same the same man at all. Um, no, he, he probably would have died like Apollo Creed and Rocky IV. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I, 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 I hope not like that. I hope it would not seriously be like that. Um, but also, um, yeah, you also, Christian, you mentioned, I want to ask Jack this. So there seems to be possibly, potentially, Crazy B might be gone as a camp. I don't know if you heard. It's, it seems like it. I saw uh, it was LJ on Twitter that pointed out. Yes. And then I checked after and saw, too, that on the Ryzen site, um, along with Boku, it's uh, I and Yachi are both on their profiles. It says they're just free. They're not associated with Crazy B anymore. Um, you know, I mean, I hope that that's not the case well, because it's such a prolific gym, right? But, yeah. I mean, it looks like it. It was the, 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 the camp for uh, Kid Yamamoto. And uh, when he was there, uh, Kyoji Horiguchi, when he uh, first started MMA. But also, uh, they were actually doing a GoFundMe of some kind to keep the gym open during the pandemic. Um, And if your gym is doing like a GoFundMe or whatever, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and it's it's just the the financial strain that COVID-19's put on everybody. Um, You can only imagine it's horrible for gyms, you know, gyms where... They're the places who, who have to close down because of um, not wanting people to come in contact and stuff like that. You know, it, if, if that is why they're closing, it's it's really unfortunate because that's something that is kind of, you know, well, it is out of their control, you know? Yeah. Also, you know, well, you know, I do think it's also important to point out that there hasn't, other than I and Miu until recently, Crazy B has not been a successful camp. In, in the in the most recent time, we've seen Yachi lose uh, his last two fights, uh, and uh, obviously Boku lost his. Um, losing Kid Yamamoto certainly put a big strain in the camp because he was the face of of their thing. Uh, Arison, uh, uh, his nephew, uh, lost uh, his his match in Ryzen as well. His most recent uh, fight in Ryzen, so. You're also talking about a camp, so they're not doing well financially, and a lot of their top guys are losing on the big stage as well. That's usually, it's like, it reminds me, you know what kind of reminds me of, and maybe you can remember this, Jack, was the end of the Black Zillions camp, when all their fighters were leaving, and all the fighters were losing the big fights, do you remember that? Yeah. And it was like... You when when a, when when the big fighters are all or from one camp are losing or losing, that's usually a sign that there's something bad going on at the camp. That there's not proper training. That there is not proper coaching. Uh, that it's usually there's you. That's usually a telltale sign that a camp like that's not going to last uh much longer. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I I I I get what you're saying, but I I think it is worth noting that like. I don't know if you can really point fingers in this situation because, like, if they had to close down for a few months because of COVID nineteen, that's like that was like completely out of their hands. Oh yeah, no, I, I, that's also, I will not, I will not discount COVID as well. But also, I think there's other elements as, as well that probably on top of COVID that have prob that probably also exceeded, uh, 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 ex- uh, exacerbated possibly them closing down and. I know, yeah, I think, I remember, I think it was Luke, uh, when we had him on our show, talk about the Ryzen uh, return shows, 
and uh, he said that uh, uh, it was either Luke or Fight Pros who said that that basically Crazy B has just been coasting on being the place where Kid Yamamoto trained, and it seems like they just really haven't kind of adapted or got, just have adapted to uh, a much a a a, a regimen that produces winners, uh, and. I think that's also a factor. I think COVID is also a factor. I think, I think there's many factors uh, that that look like they have shut down crazy, possibly shut down of crazy, yeah, crazy B. Um, but I, I would be interested to see um, hmm. what made uh, the the talent leave the gym. Uh, talking about Yachi and I and people like that. Um, you know, was that you know them? Be, was that the gym closing or was that them leaving? on their own choice. I'm assuming it was maybe the gym closing. I don't want to speculate. Yeah. Because, because it all happened at the same time. Well, I'll tell you this. Very rarely do people, do Japanese fighters change camps. Usually when they start out at a camp, they're usually there forever. It's not like in America where, you know, someone will start out at so-and-so and then they'll go to Jackson Wink or they'll go to whoever, you know, to a bigger, uh, to a bigger camp, um, yeah. Jap- Japanese fighters very rarely like uh, Kyoji Horiguchi is one of the few guys I, I know of offhand. He went from Crazy B to uh, ATT, um, and so yeah, uh, it's very rare uh, for fighters to uh, Japanese fighters to just to leave a camp even out of frustration. It's one of the reasons why you, I don't know if you pay attention. Do you pay attention to the Japanese pro wrestling at all by any chance, Jack? Yeah, it's one of the reasons why you see Japanese pro wrestlers stay at a company forever, even if the company is like in the shitter. That's why. That's why you'll see like not Marufuji being Noah at forever, even though no, they're drawing one hundred people at Korokin, and but yet and yet you know he probably could go to New Japan if he wanted to, but yet you know he's choosing to stay with Noah. It's just a thing. It just I think so. I think that's probably what if we. I'll be surprised if they left. And that caused the the, the uh, closing. Um, yeah, I, I, I th- this could be a like a false equivalency on my part, but I think that the only time you see uh, Japanese fighters move camps is when they move to an American camp yeah. and they're making a push to the UFC. Now, of course, also the other thing is you know unless there was something that was frustrating everybody there, and they all decided to leave together. That does happen, you know. That's that's the story of every Japanese pro wrestling promotion is that a whole bunch of people got mad. And then uh, left to form their own their own thing. So that's also entirely possible. But I don't know. It's uh, MMA. I it's very. I can't recall a lot of fight Japanese fighters. Yeah, like you said, the ones that go from Japan uh, that want to make in UFC, they go to uh, whatever. Uh, yeah, those are like that's the one. Uh, the one situation. Um, in terms of this fight, though, uh, Jack, you got any predictions uh, for the outcome between Boku and Shirakawa? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Shirakawa with this fight. Oh, good choice. Christian? Well, you know what? All I got to say is I think that Shirakawa is going to win this fight. And I think that Kotetsu no face Boku is going to retire. Yeah, if Shirakawa doesn't win... And I got to say it. And I got to say it. Like how Charles Barkley says it on basketball coverage on TNT. Or at least how he's been saying it during the quarantine. 
<laughs> I'll say this. If Shirakawa doesn't win, then Shirakawa should retire. Boku should uh, then continue on if he wants to. Because if Shirakawa can't beat Boku, then I don't know. I, I that's a that, that tells me more about Shirakawa than it does Boku. Uh, but yeah, Shirakawa should win this. Absolutely. I, I, I don't see what Boku could do at all to win this fight. Other than Shirakawa... I don't know, accidentally tearing his ACL during during the match or something. I have no idea. But yeah, uh, Shirakawa should absolutely win. Boku should retire. And I don't know. Go, go. I don't know where he could go. Go to, uh, I don't know, maybe he'll go to, um, uh, the, the, with, uh, Miyu, uh, to Team in Guam, uh, with Rocky Martinez. Spike 22? Spike 22, yeah. Maybe go there. I don't know. I have no idea. Or maybe he'll go back, maybe he'll go to 1FC, back to 1FC and, uh, I don't know, work in their office or something. I have no idea what Boku could do. Oh, Lord. Do we really want to see Contessa Boku become a yes man? I have no idea. I, I, I don't know like well, I don't know what his skills are. He's got tattoos so all over his body, so he's gonna be limited in what he can what jobs he can get in Japan. Like you can't get a real a, like an actual normal job. I, I guess he'll have to be a trainer someplace at another uh, at another um uh gym or something like that. That's that's what I'm guessing. Um, maybe right. become who knows? Maybe become a pro wrestler. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure there's a lot, there's a place for tattooed professional wrestlers in Japan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Christian. Oh, the way the typology faithful says that Boku will win seventy-seven percent. Oh, whatever. Typology people are fucking typology people are idiots in this case. Um, Christian. Yeah, no Christian, move. Let's move on to the next match. Age 31, born September 11, 1989. 
and a Magasaki Hyoga Japan. He represents the Cobra Kai MMA Dojo and fights out of Osaka. He is 14-9-1 with one, no, actually two, no contest because we don't know what the hell he was supposed to have done back in February for the Gladiator card. I tried to find any info on that. I could not find a single thing on that on that card. All, mm -hmm. a, any result of that. It's so strange. Exactly. But other than that, he is the former Gladiator welterweight champion. And his biggest accomplishment, defeating the legendary Yuki Kondo to become the welterweight king of Pancrase champion back in December of 2014. But other than that, he took some time off in 2015. Actually, he took some time off never. He's pretty much been consistent since losing the welterweight king of Pancrase title to Shingo Suzuki back on October. 2015, and has been fighting <coughs> just about a few times a year, every year for the last four years. This will be his first year in a while where he hasn't been consistent. Oh, and by the way, it's his Ryzen debut as well. And before we talk about who we think's going to win, the Tabology Faithful is not giving Let's Go to a chance. 95% seeing. 95% of the fan base want to see Sumi Moore win. So I've got to ask both of y'all, who do y'all think is going to win this fight? Uh, after you, Jack. Yeah, I'm going to uh, side with Tapology here and go with Sumi Moore. Um, you know, he had that loss in December on the Bellator uh, Ryzen collab card, but he's bounced back with a win on a deep show. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I... I think that uh, it just makes sense that, in my opinion, you know, when you when you do the MMA math, looking at the records, I would I would go with him. Are you a big believer in MMA math? Uh, no, because I've believed in the math math so much that I've been proven wrong too many times by it. <laughs> so, um, but can you? But Jack, you gotta say you gotta agree with this. Isn't Let's Gota the most awesome name that an MMA fighter could have? Let's Gota Yamashita. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it, it's great. It's uh, one of the more creative ones, too. Uh, I think that a good competitor would be, uh, I forget the name of the guy, but he was a Samurai Mark Hunt. Oh, yeah, literally. literally that, that, he changed his name. Oh. I think, didn't he change his name? Yeah, he changed. He was changed. the guy who beat, uh, he, he faced, uh, he lost to Rocky Martinez yes. at, uh, I think it was 12. Yes, yes, yes. He was such a Mark Hunt fan that he literally changed, he changed, he gave his name the nickname <laughs> Samurai Mark Hunt. And yeah, uh, walked out to John Cena's theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good night. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes, yes. But um, I mean, ah, uh, you know, I, you know, I wonder if Sumi Mura is just one of those guys who just chokes on the rise in stage. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I think that I, I'm, I'm a believer that you know, nerves can get to you, and that can just happen. You know. Maybe that's, you know, because he, he's, he's a great fighter in deep. If you've ever seen some of his deep fights, his deep fights are are, are great. He's he's well-rounded, but problem is that, yeah, I don't know. He just, maybe once he, maybe when it's not, at when it gets to be just like that, that huge crowd, yeah, I wonder if maybe it's just that, you know. It's kind of like, you know, 
uh, Chris Weidman losing almost all but one of his fights in New York, uh, despite being from the New York area. I just wonder, like, if some, like, if there's just always, like, if there's, like, elements that just work against people in just certain settings all the time, uh, when, it, when they compete. I would, uh, like, you know, you figure, like, home team event, uh, uh, like, if you, like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, like, yeah, you have a home court advantage, but no, maybe you made the extra pressure of being at home just like uh, gets you. Or maybe in the case of Sumura, maybe just because it's just thousands of more people in that audience, and he just, you know, he can't concentrate, he can't hear his coaches, he can't uh, breathe properly. I wonder if that's just it. We'll have to see with this fight, but I gotta go with Let's Go to Yamashita. I, that name is so awesome. And also, I think that he, I think he is a fun fighter to watch. He always comes through scrap, as they say. I, I, I would hope that, that he, that with a fight like this, especially because I don't know where the, uh, the, the one seventy division's going in Ryzen. But I hope by putting on a, a high profile fight like this, this means that they're going to start taking it more seriously. Um, because they did that with featherweight. Featherweight was a dead division at one point. Uh, but. Hope that they're slowly seem to be adding 170-ish fights. So, I think this is a good sign. Christian, what do you think? I mean, I think that Let's Go to has a chance at, you know, winning. Because, of course, he has a little bit more experience than Ryuichiro. But if you think about it, Ryuichiro has more rising experience compared to Yamashita. I think that, that Ryuichiro is probably going to be winning this fight, but it's definitely going to be a hard-nosed grindstone type of fight. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I just want to also add, Yamashita trains at the Cobra Kai Dojo. How awesome is that? He trains at Cobra Kai. Anybody watch Cobra Kai? Maybe for you, because you probably grew up watching Karate Kid on repeat. Yeah, so, yeah. Come on, is nobody here watches Cobra Kai? Anybody? Jack? No. No, I can't. I no, I can't. Uh, help you there. Oh. Fuck me, then. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> you will probably watch more Karate Kid more than anybody else here on this panel. I'll say uh, about Sumimura, I, I never got my hands on tape of that fight against Tuck. Uh, that was one that was sort of geo-blocked from us. Uh, I know it was out there somewhere, but I, I wasn't able to watch that fight. So I don't know how he lost in the first round. Maybe he got caught. You know, I don't know if it was a, a pummeling. So, I mean, I don't really know how he performed in that fight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did, did either of you see it? Oh, uh, yeah. We, I saw it on, like, um, I, think, I think it was, like, one of those, on those Twitter highlights things. I don't remember that much about it, to tell you the truth. That that whole show is like is like one big blur because I saw like half the fights are like in clip format, and like the other ones were just like were just the endings because there was somebody on Twitter putting uh filming on their video uh camera and like putting them up but like you could barely you could hardly see because where they were sitting like they were sitting like where one of the uh columns of the cage were so like. It was like hard to see, but yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't remember that much about that. About that, Christian, do you remember? Uh, I kind of do, but 
just remember that, you know, around the time that we were reviewing this, I was basically going into this, watching it while we were talking about it with a, you know, a mindset of what am I about to watch and talk about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's another interesting fact as well I want to bring up. So, Strasher Kichi, who you brought up, who beat Sumimura, mm-hmm. trains at the same place that Yamashita does, Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. So, will MMA math work out in this case again? Will the two guys from Cobra Kai, well, will the second guy from Cobra Kai get a win over Sumimura? Think about that. You tell me. I don't know, but Jack, do you, what do you think about that? That 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 the two that one of the guys who is, I mean, one of two guys who is who is who has faced uh, Sumimura has beat him from the same gym. Well, I think that would definitely uh, be an advantage for the uh, for Let's Gota. But I mean, I it's hard to tell how much of an advantage it would be. But I mean, uh, I mean, how much of that information can he take in and, and download and use himself? Um, That's true. I'm I'm still sticking with my prediction. Fair enough. If you guys are, tr- if you guys are trying to uh, make me switch sides here, it's not happening. <laughs> uh, flashy, flashy name, having some gym members who have some wins. You can't sway my opinion. I'm going with uh, Sumimura. And also, don't forget Cobra Kai. He is from the Cobra Kai dojo. Uh, so, but uh, okay. Hey, you know what? Hey, you know, listen. You know what? Stranger things have happened. Maybe this will be. Maybe 2020 is the year of Sumimura. You know. Um, regardless though, um, hopefully this just means that, that they'll be taking the 170 division more seriously in Ryzen with, uh, with this type of fight, uh, and especially because it is going to be high profiled. Uh, Christian, uh, want to move on to the next match? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and move on to the final fight before the weird intermission. <laughs> and that weird intermission... I mean, do y'all want to talk about that? I don't know what. How do how do we talk about? We'll, we'll get to it when we talk. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll speculate on it. I guess I have no idea what to talk about. But let's talk about the match. Uh, match before that first. Yeah, let's go ahead and talk about this one hundred forty-seven pound contest. One hundred forty-six pound actually between Yojiro Uchimura, who was supposed to fight at Ryzen twenty-two, but got injured against the Underground Emperor. Yohei Hagibora, who, according to the man himself, is three and three overall. Five foot ten, hundred forty six pounds, age twenty four, born December twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. He represents Team Smoker and fights out of Osaka, Japan. Mm-hmm. He holds a three and three professional MMA record, according to what he said himself. But he's currently one and one. Inside the rising ring, knocking out Dark Kuto Shirakawa, but getting submitted at Rising 24 via modified hammerlock to Takahiro Ashida. I mean, this is going to be his third fight in Rising going in. So he's going to have a lot to hold on his shoulders, aside from him coming out to another Snoop Dogg track. <laughs> now, as far as Yoshiro Uchimura is concerned, he holds a professional MMA record of 17 wins, 13 losses, and 3 draws. 5'8", 145.8 pounds. He's 35 years old. Born in Misato, Saitama, Japan. 
January the 8th, 1985. He represents Chara Jim fighting out of Taito, Tokyo, Japan. And of course, he's a veteran of Pan Grace. He fought in Rise Kickboxing. He fought for Valley Tudo, Japan. He fought in Shoot Boxing. He fought for Rebel FC. He fought for Zest. Brings the Outsider. And he's pretty much made a name for himself in these smaller promotions of Japanese MMA. Not to say that Pancrase was a small promotion by any means, mm. but still, he was supposed to be fighting on the Ryzen 22 card against Tetsuya Seiki, but that bout got scrapped due to him suffering an injury. So, how's that going to play a part in this one? Well, that's interesting. Talk about that. Yeah. Tapology Faithful is saying that they want to see Uchimura, 93% of which want to see Uchimura get the win, but 49% of them saying that they want to see Uchimura knock Hockey War out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually interesting about that uh, fight. So, Uchimura was supposed to fight Seki. Uh, Uchimura obviously uh, got injured. Then... Seki got booked to face Hagiwara. Hagiwara beat Seki. Now they're booking Hagiwara versus Uchimura. That's an interesting booking philosophy, I think. A very interesting booking uh, mind. Uh, yeah, but Jack, what do you think about this match? Uh, do you have a favorite uh, to win? Yeah, I would give this fight to uh, Uchimura. His last fight, uh, I watched it back in February. It was against Yoshinori. No, oh, excuse me. Yoshinori Hori. Yeah. Uh, it was his first first fight back, yeah, after his one-fight rise at uh, UFC run, which, by the way, um, they did him dirty. He lo- he fought once in UFC, lost to Hakeem Dawadu, who is, you know, a real rising star. So, I mean, you should give this guy another shot, right? Um, just based off the patterns of the UFC's booking, it would make sense to give him another shot. Um, but he's back in uh, Pancras. Um if I remember the fight correctly, because I have this issue where I forget a lot of fights, just like how they play out, stuff like that. Um, a big part of what made Hori win was that he was landing a lot of takedowns in the fight. Um, but besides that, you know, it went to decision. It wasn't a complete um, domination from Hori. Um, you know, because of that, I would give this fight to Uchimura over Hagiwara. Plus, I mean, just when you look at the experience... Hagiwara, I don't know what the deal is with his record. As you mentioned, he says he's 3-3. Three and three. Tapology only has four fights um, under his record, which say he's 1-3. and three. Well, my uh, what he told us, Christian, now, correct, Christian, he said he had, like, he had some, like, underground fights or something. Did he say, was that what he said? I would like to think so. Otherwise, his nickname wouldn't be the Underground Emperor, right? Yeah, something like that. So it's like... Uh, I don't like. Uh, it's I guess it's unofficially three and what was it? Three and two? Three and three? Three and three. Three and three. But yeah, and I think I think Ryzen recognizes those. If yeah. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> yes, they do. They do. I know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, just I, when you just look at the experience, like uh, Uchimura laps him numerous times over. Um. Before, actually, I want to also read what they what their comments uh, that they had uh, at the press conference. A lot of the fighters didn't say a lot of interesting things, but these two said two said very interesting things. 
Uchimori said that he's very honored to get this opportunity to fight in the Ryzen ring. He said his opponent, uh, Hagiwara, is a great prospect, but I plan to put him in his place in a fun fight. Hagiwara said, I'm very happy to be able to fight in my hometown. I'm excited to be able to face a striker, so I'm sure we can show you fans what you want to see. I will knock his ass out into retirement. <laughs> I like how that, that quote goes from uh, being such a happy-to-be-there sort of pitch to something sort of aggressive. Yes. Um, listen, if they're, if they're uh, calling for fireworks, we might see that. Mm-hmm. Um, was, uh, do, does, do the, uh, do what they say, does that sway you at all? Or you still no. see Uchimura? No. no. Okay. Listen, you can, you can be a great talker. I think that, uh, uh, the last guy that tension fought, his name is slipping me right now. He was a great talker. Oh, uh, uh Arise or Ryzen? Ryzen. Oh, Cozy, Cozy, Cozy. He was a great talker. He was, he, uh, I yes. mean, if we're gonna, if we're gonna pound for pound rank, Trash talkers and Ryzen, he might just be at the very top. No. But I mean, in the ring, that I mean, that doesn't hold up at all. That doesn't that doesn't give you any sort of head start in the ring. True, true. So, Christian, what do you think? Who do you got in this? Oh, I think I got. I mean, I think that with the amount of, I would normally say that with the amount of experience that Aguilar has in the Ryzen ring, he should come out on top. However, let's be real. He's a fighter out of his own mouth that's at the 500 mark. And I think that experience of Uchimura is going to be too much for him to handle. That's a good point. I'll say this, though. Therefore, I think that Uchimura is going to probably win this via finish in the second or third rounds. You see, here's the thing. I think that Hagiwara is a much better fighter than his record or his unofficial record or whatever the numbers I, I think the numbers are, are 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 not what they all seem. And especially when we saw with the Seki fight, we saw a guy who could take punishment and come back to it. And I see I saw a fighter who who's able to recognize what he's doing wrong and change it up uh during the fight. Not a lot of fighters do that. A lot of fighters tend to stick to their game plan way too often, and then that's what fucks them over, and they lose. Um, with the Ishida fight, Ishida was just a better fighter. On, on paper, I would say, yeah, Uchimura is definitely, obviously, the more experienced fighter, but I think that Hagiwara, I really do think that Hagiwara is is like an untapped prospect star in the making. Um, and I think, and especially because they're, they're doing this, this show in Osaka. I, it's not by accident, I think they're having... Hagiwara on this show in Osaka, uh, and I think I think I think Ryzen wants wants Hagiwara to pull out a win. I really do. I think they're they're banking on him to be a some be a part of their 145 division in the long in the long term. And yeah, I'm a Hagiwara fan, especially after his first fight. Um, and you know, looking at his record and you know all, all the time at the press conferences, he's always talking highly confident. He always says he's gonna beat the shit out of his opponent. He says that his opponents are, are that they're that they're not that good and all that stuff. You know, it's very rare. Mikuru, who we'll be talking about later, trash talks. But other than him, not a lot of the Japanese fighters talk a lot of trash. And I like that from Hagiwara. He stands out. Also, he's got tattoos. 
Yeah, I think there's, he's got a presence about him I like as a fighter. I'm going to have to go with Hagiwara. I, I'm, I'm on the Hagiwara. Um, I don't know if I should call it a hype train. Maybe like a, a hype caboose or something. Something smaller than a train. Uh, but I'm on... on, on I'm, what was that, sorry? You can call it whatever the fuck you want. Oh, I'll call it the Hagiwara Wagon. The Hagiwara Wagon. That's what I'm on. The Hagiwara Four-Wheeled Wagon. Um, and I, I, I don't know if you can finish Uchimura, but I think that I think we're going to get a nice, fun fight. Nice one, uh, one featherweight fight uh, with this match. Um, now, Christian... What the fuck do we say about this about about this thing at the end of the mission? What is it a tag team match? Is it a four four person gauntlet? What is so it? I think I think this is the same thing we saw at a uh, Ryzen twenty one, where it was like a four versus one grappling match, where it was one at a time. Uh, people would fight Souza. Then Souza's got to win. grappling demonstration. Is Souza? I think that I could be wrong. The, lot, the first time this happened, I don't know who told me this, but I think it might have been the commentary because it was Matt Stryker that night. I think yes. what was said was that this was just sort of like an exhibition to promote uh, jujitsu. Like, it was just the ideas that, like, Know, it's for everyone or something like that yeah but matt striker was basically treating this like a professional wrestling match i mean i guess i guess it, I guess it will be i mean i mean if, if any if, if there is actually if there is a winner on record it's gonna be sosa sosa can mm-hmm. sosa can blindfold himself and put his hands behind and tie his hands behind his back he will still win against oh i'd like to see that that'd be cool <laughs> yeah he'll still <laughs> What what do you basically say? He uses tree trunk legs to choke somebody out. I guess so. Yeah, you know he'll do some some weird some weird leg locks with his own legs. I don't know. Uh, it was funny because you know the last thing that he did, you know, it was funny seeing the fighters get progressively older. Remember, it started out with a child. I think they started out with a child, and then uh, went to the guy, to the comedian, and then then like some like thirty year old Brazilian jiu jitsu guy. Then it was uh, Yuki, uh, not uh. Uh, uh, Nakai, um, who is it? No, hold on, I'm forgetting, not Yuki Kondo, um, Yuki Nakai, Yuki Nakai, that was it, um, and yeah, I liked how that pro- progressively the fires got older and older and older, um, I don't know, I, I think, you know, also, you know, as you did say, uh, Akois is, is going to be in this, so, he's got to be making an announcement that he's joining Ryzen, I think, as well, right? Kind of reminds me, you know, the Sosa obviously this means nothing to him because his last legitimate fight was when he put Yusuke Yachi out of his misery. Yeah. So who knows? We'll probably see more. So we'll probably see this, and then we'll see him compete in a mixed martial arts bout at Rise in 26 on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Koi Kairos. You know, what does the future hold for him? I mean, I'm guessing KSW don't want him anymore. Oh, yeah. No, clearly, no, he said he wants to go to Ryzen. So, I guess that's what it's going to be. Uh, Jack, I don't know. What do you think is the purpose of this 
exhibition. They gotta be making some sort of announcement as well for uh, Kleber or Souza, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, that would make sense. I don't know his status with KSW or stuff like that. Um, it would be, it would make sense that you know you make that announcement at the event while he's there because, I mean, thinking about it, the only thing we know about uh, 26 right now is just the well, what will likely be the main event, which is uh, the bantamweight title fight. So I mean, it would be cool to at the event have a at this event have an announcement for 26. Oh yes, and like if if like yeah, there's gotta be something. It just I can't just see them going on here and just playing playing kitty jujitsu for I don't know thirty minutes. It just I mean, unless Ryzen's thinking of creative ways to make the intermissions go faster. I mean, I listen. I I think the idea is cool. I think that um, you know, Ryzen is embracing just making it not just strictly an MMA or kickboxing event, you know, and it's just like, if they can do things like this, and maybe maybe it'll be boring, and maybe it'll suck, um, but, it, you know, at least they tried it, right? Cause oh, yeah. It's, in my opinion, it's better than just falling into this, like, formulaic, like, okay, we're just going to have, like, our MMA fights, we're going to have some kickboxing fights, and that's the show. Oh, yeah, no, no, I absolutely agree, I absolutely agree. Listen, I want them to bring back the tag team... Uh, grappling matches. That was like some of my favorite shit with like Mondale Silva and uh, Kimura versus Tokoro and Yasakuraba, whatever the fuck the matches were. Those are like just some of the like wackiest shit. And like, it's like you don't, you'll never see that anywhere else. That's why I fell in love with Ryzen because they just, they just did things differently. But I think they're, they, they're trying to become more serious. They want to become more of a regular MMA promotion, so to speak. Um, or a regular fighting promotion, I should say. Um, but yeah, we'll have to see, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they gotta be making some sort of announcement about Rise of 26, probably with Sosa or Clever, probably being on the card, both of them, um, as well. Um, with that being said, Christian, let's move, let's go back to the fights. Let's move on to the next match. Yes, please, let's go ahead on and move on to the next match, which of course, you talked to one of these guys. Yes. I did. I was serving out my suspension because, of course, maybe it would be best for me not to negotiate with Japanese fighters. <laughs> <laughs> but still, this is a flyweight matchup. 57.2 kilograms, 126 pounds. Tatsuki Salmoto versus Daichi Kitakata. For Tatsuki, the current Zest flyweight champion. At 324.8 pounds, age 24, born October 4, 1996. He holds a 15-2 professional MMA record, currently riding an 11-fight winning streak. He represents the Brave Gym in Misato, Tokyo, Japan. And, oh, by the way, he is 1-0 in Ryzen, defeating and knocking out Yusaku Nakamura back at Ryzen 23. But of course, as I mentioned, he is the current Zest Flyweight Champion two years running. <laughs> he also fought for Woolen Fang, he fought for the Brave Gym set of shows, and he also fought one time in deep, defeating Kukito Hasegawa via unanimous decision. His opponent, Daichi Takata. 20 wins, 9 losses, 1 draw with 2 no contests. 
is his professional record. By floor, 124.9 pounds, age 29, born March 30th, 1991, in Kawachi, Nagano, Osaka, Japan. He represents Pease Lab Osaka. And, ah, he represents Pease Lab Osaka and Pancrase in Gakigumi in Naniwa, Osaka, Japan. And he is currently riding a one fight losing streak. Obviously, fighting for that shit show known as 1FC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On their 1FC Century show, no less. Representing Pancras and losing to Yosuke Saruto Shudo. But he is also the current Strawweight King of Pancras champion as well. So, I guess you could say this fight is going to have some heavy influence. As far as the lighter, lighter weight classes, maybe the pack field division of fighters as well. But to be quite honest, who do y'all got winning this fight? Oh, and by the way, Tapology says Sal Moto's going to win 94% out of 100, 76% via decision. Your thoughts, Jack? Yeah, well, just before I say a prediction, I want to say this is easily one of the stronger uh, bouts on the card. Mm. Um, just looking at it, it seems like a really good booking. Um, Kitakata having oh, uh, having that one loss, which was on that one card, which I thought it was really cool for them to do that uh, Shudo uh, champion versus champion uh, undercard for their century um, shows. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm going to go with a prediction for this one, I'm going to go with Salmoto. Um, he had that debut, Ryzen debut in August, um, beating Yusaku Nakamura, um, and he's on a really hot run. I mean, you know, it was a lot of his wins are in ZST. Some of them are in deep, um, so a lot of them are on the much like the the lower level of regionals in Japan. But I mean, he's on a really long run that basically dates back to the start of his career. So I'm gonna go with him. Question though. Um... Do you think that Sal Moto versus Makoto Shinryu should have been booked instead of this match? Because I think that's a, I think personally that's a fight to make. Or do you think that sh- that should be at least made down the line? Yeah, it could be made down the line. I I'm I really like this matchup. Uh, you know, I, I don't think you can discount uh, Kitakata too much because of his last loss because that was a champion versus champion uh, fight, right? Um, and it was really two of the best um, guys on the regional scene facing each other at flyweight. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Christian, your thoughts? Well, to be honest, I was hoping we get your thoughts because you interviewed him. Oh, uh, well, you know, yeah, he definitely, uh, Salamoto is obviously confident going into this fight. He wants the flyweight division to be, uh, to be his division. Um, he does expect to, uh, to fight Shinryu, um, at some point. You know, if they ever have a, a flyweight, in, uh, you know, inaugural title match, that probably is a fight to make between the two. Uh, the Shinryu versus Samoto. Um, I feel personally like this match, though, is kind of like a, kind of like a tune-up fight for Samoto. I feel, I feel, this is definitely a fight where Ryzen wants someone to win, and it's, I think it's clear it's Samoto. Um... I think that I don't I don't know if Salmoto can finish Kitakata, but I think that Salmoto can 
can can ride it out for a few rounds and make it a very excruciating three rounds for Kitakata. It's worth uh, it's worth noting that Kitakata's uh, naturally he, he's a strawweight. Oh yes, that he, yes, he moved true. up to one twenty five for his last fight. And he's staying there for this one. Yeah, so that's another thing as well. He's uh he's uh probably fighting more at his uh natural weight uh, uh walk around weight. So I mean yeah, Samoto is gonna. Probably be the bigger guy, uh, one of the few times probably in this match as well. So he's got also probably a size advantage. Um, I mean, hey, we've seen things, you know, where people, you know, if they cut too much weight, you know, then you know that's a that's a disadvantage. But I don't know, if, you know, I like you said, Salmo's been on a roll. He's been on a long roll. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think this fight's gonna be the one that 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 gives him his uh, loss. Salmo all the way. Your thoughts, Christian? Okay. I mean, I think that Sal Moto, considering the fact that he's 15-2 and two overall, he's got a lot to prove, especially considering the fact that, according to topology, he's the fourth-ranked flyweight in Japan, fighting against Kitakata, the third-ranked flyweight in Japan. Mm-hmm. But to be quite honest, the one thing that Sal Moto has... That Kitakata doesn't is that considering that he fought for Zest, he has experience fighting in a ring. And Zest, being a Zest fighter, means you fought in a ring most of the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, I think Sal Moto is going to use his ring fighting capabilities to pretty much trap Kitakata. And make sure that he's useless from within. I mean, at least that's what I think. No, also you can't. Also, uh, Samboldo is not is not a finisher. If you, look, if you look at his record, he's won most of his fights by decision. That uh, knockout of Nakamura was uh, was his first finish in about I think it was three, four years, maybe two years. Uh, but yeah, he's no, he's he's one of those guys who can. Who I think deliberately trains to ride out a fight uh, because he knows he can he can weather the, the three rounds, three five minute rounds, and I think yeah we're gonna see that we're gonna see Salmoto utilize all that in this fight. He's just gonna it's gonna be, it's gonna be excruciating for Kitakata for three rounds, and yeah Salmoto's gonna get his hand raised at the end, and then maybe they'll they'll announce a. Uh, uh, something for the uh, flyweight division, uh, rise of flyweight division going forward. Um, you want to move on to the next fight, Christian? The co-main event. Uh, yes, of course it's the co-main because we got a guy coming off of a title fight loss. Mm-hmm. But still, Kenta Takizawa versus Hiromasa Gikubo. Takizawa, five nine, hundred thirty-five and a quarter pounds, age twenty-six. Born November the 16th, 1994, Tokyo, Japan. Representing Reversal Gym, Tokyo Standout, he fights out of Shibuya, Indo, Tokyo, Japan. He's currently riding a two-fight winning streak. He is a former Bantamweight King of Pancrase title challenger, losing to Rafael Morsego Silva. Oh, and he's currently 1-0 inside the Rising Ring, defeating Yuto Kentaro Hokamura via split decision back on September 27th. Mm-hmm. 
at Ryzen 24. But other than that, he is a pancrease fighter through and through, who also fought a couple of times for Tribe Tokyo fight. His opponent, we know him and love him. It was just sad to see him lose. Theo Masogi Kubo. 5-3, last weighed in at 133.6 pounds. This fight will be contested at 134 and a half. Age 33, born April Fool's Day, 1987, in Kuji, Iwate, Japan. Representing Masudo, Masudo, Chiba, Japan. He is a Kyokushin Karateka. Of course, we all know his career background. He fought Kyoji Horiguchi twice. He was a star for Shudo, the former and current, I guess, Shudo flyweight champion. Well, Shudo Bantamweight champion, I guess. I don't know. They use some weird mechanisms. But he's a former Shudo flyweight and Bantamweight champion. He fought in shoot boxing. He fought for Valley Tudo Japan, obviously losing to Kyoji Horiguchi twice. And he fought on the Ultimate Fighter, defeating the champion of EFC Worldwide, the champion of some promotion in Australia, Adam Captain Chaos Antoline, Alexandre Pantoja, who was the champion of Shudo Brazil at the time, and then losing to Tim Elliott in the penultimate match. Before, obviously, Elliott lost to Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson. But since he has been, but since Okikubo's been in Ryzen, which dates back to, obviously, July 29, 2018, and the loss to Kyoji Horiguchi, He's gone two and one since that L, losing to Kai Asakura, but obviously beating up Yuki Motoya and Shitaro Ishiwatari to get to Kai Asakura. So, but before I even ask, you know, who you think's gonna win, because it's obvious, the Tapology Faithful wants Oki Kubo to win as well, 76% via decision. 21% via submission, I guess 3% via knockout. But to be quite honest, when it comes to Hiromaso Kubo, do you think all he needs is one good fight to get right back into title contention? What do you think, Jack? Um, Honestly, I'm, I don't know, because like, you think about it, what's the landscape of the division right now? Like, who else would be up next? Uh, probably uh, Naoki uh, Inoue, and, uh, well, I was gonna, about to say Victor Henry, um, but given the situation... Well, Victor Henry just lost to Dennis Lavrentiev in Abu Dhabi. Okay. Not too long ago. But he's still wanting that title shot, though, even though... International restrictions are a bitch to deal with. I don't know. I don't think Ryzen would really care about him losing Abu Dhabi. He's he's won all of his fights in Ryzen, um, so probably. But you know, let's you know, it, let's ignore him. Let's say he can't. You know, I would definitely say it comes down to like Naoki anyway, and maybe Yuki Matoya as like possibly the next contenders. Shintari Shiutari is still injured. Um, I've heard nothing about his return. And uh, as far as I know as well, uh, Oka Sasaki is still injured, uh, recovering from the broken jaw from uh, Kai. So you basically just have right now Inoue and uh, Motoya. 
Well, oh, by the way, Montoya won his fight in a deep just recently as well. So you're basically saying it's a hollow division at 135, it's right? Not, it's, it's not hollow, but there's definitely... I don't think that... I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't think that Ogi Kubu is... I think I think his time right now is not. It have to be a few more major wins if he wants to get for a title. Uh, Jack, do you have any thoughts uh, on that? Why well, I, I I guess it would make sense that um, whoever gets a title shot would have to probably fight again. So it's like if Ogi Kubo wins this weekend, he would. I would think he would probably have to be set up with another fight before he gets back to the title. Yeah. Um. You know, depending on the shape he is in after this fight, you know, maybe they'll try to give him a quick turnaround in December, um, and that could be the eliminator. I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe that's too ambitious, but um, I don't know. I think that uh, it's hard to tell like who would be next. He has those two wins in Ryzen, um, and the second one was in August. That really quick win. Um, so he he's definitely in the picture, but I mean I don't know. Well, also I also just want to mention I I don't mean to object, but we do know who the next contender is right now. Ryzen just announced it. It's going to be Koji Horiguchi for Ka- right. versus Kaizuka, Azakura. And right now Which here's was the, it was the logical step. Yeah, to make. absolutely the logical uh, step booking wise and business wise. But also the thing is that Ogikubo has fought both and has lost to both. Uh, I know that he lost. I know Kai Azakura obviously lost to this year, and uh, he lost to uh, Horiguchi in his first match. Back in Ryzen, I guess if you wanted Horiguchi, if Horiguchi did win, you could maybe run that fight again, but it's probably gonna be the same outcome. It's gonna, you know, it's probably as long as Kai and Horiguchi are champions, he will never be champion. If that makes sense, uh, if, if he, he just he's always gonna be the gatekeeper, uh, as long as those two are there. Unfortunately, that's just how it is sometimes. Um, yeah, like, uh, here's the thing. Him beating, uh, Takizawa is not going to put him, I think, or should put him close to the title. If, I don't know, if, if, if like, Koroguchi can't make it, I still wouldn't even put Ogikubu in there. I would put Inoue or Matoya in there as well. Uh, or, or, or somebody, yeah, like, one of those two. Um, I don't know. I think Okubo to get another title shot. Yeah, it's gotta be like two or three big wins down the line. Uh, well, I, I, my worry is that, like, how do you do three wins? Because like, ha, I mean, who do you match him with in that like third fight? Because you have this one, you have Inoue, but I mean, like, you you start to sort of run through the whole roster. At some it's point, true, right? Well, what I'm hoping is that pro- well. Japan has said by April twenty twenty one they're gonna start letting they're gonna start letting international uh they're gonna start what's in the international restrictions and that's because of the Olympics. Uh they wanna start uh letting people in so that people can come in for the Olympics in the summer. It's also soccer season as well in April, which is when most tourists come to Japan. So I'm predicting hopefully by the time uh like hopefully sooner rather than later and also Ryzen did announce that they're that they're going to be bringing in Musayev back, so there seem to be less of those restrictions. Uh, so maybe hopefully they can start bringing in other uh one thirty fivers around. Um, 
to the uh, to the division. I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I can't think of any names off off the big names uh, that Okikubo could fight. But yeah, you know, I, it, the pro- the problem is that he already had his chance and it, it, it he lost. I I don't think I, I saw nothing that ju- that would justify a quick turnaround of a uh, of another of another chance. At least he would. It would have to be two or three big fights he had to win, or at least maybe like if there's nobody else, maybe another year. You know, because I, 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 because as long as Kai's champion, I, 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 I think ten out of ten times he beats Obi Kubo, in my personal opinion. And I picked Obi Kubo to win that match, by the way. Um, the other issue is that um, uh, uh, Yuto Hokamura Kentaro, um. Was beaten by Takizawa, and I think that Ryzen was hoping that that uh, Kentaro would, would win that match because I think they wanted to book a Kentaro Kai match, and that is a that is a very compelling matchup, uh, stylistically and personality wise as well. But since he lost that match, I don't know. Like Kentaro would have to, uh, I don't know if you want to do Okikubo versus Kentaro, maybe, and you know Kentaro wins that, you could do him versus Kai or Kyoji or whoever. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, the, it, it, the 135 division kind of went from being, like, the most packed division to kind of just being the most, I don't know, uh, not the most jumbo, uh, jumbo division uh, when, the, when the pandemic happened. Um, yeah, and putting injuries on top of that, too. Yeah, that's A true. lot of long-term injuries. Uh, we don't really know this, the status on Okasaki. Um, I don't know what if he's even training anymore because he's not in New York with uh, Sarah Longo anymore. That's true, yeah. Or at least looking at social media, it looks like he's in Japan right now. Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. No, 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 you're right about that. And in a way, is, uh, I think he permanently changed his camp to a Sonic Squad in Japan as well. So, um... Which, I mean, personally, I, I mean, I think it makes sense that if you're fighting in Japan, might as well um, train there again, because, um, I mean, I, I, I imagine that being so far away for so long, you know, probably isn't too much fun. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, the outcome of this fight? Do you think Okikubo uh, rebounds from that loss from Kai? Or do you think Takizawa continues to climb up the rising ladder, Jack? Yeah, I'm going to say uh, Okikubo um, bounces back um, and starts his next campaign. By the way, you talked about you know uh, UFC um, egregiously uh, uh, cutting Hori. What about them cutting uh, Okikubo after that, uh, at the Ultimate Fighter uh, fight? If anything, well, they didn't really cut Okikubo. They just basically let him loose. Well, but, you know, yeah, I, they, they do sign some people who lose on Ultimate Fighter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there that one uh, Ultimate Fighter of, like, uh, the straw weights, I think, or the fire weights, where they signed every one of the women? Yes, because they bought out the division. That was it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, that's the one. Yeah, Okikubo is, like, it was one of those, like, you know, and here's the, he didn't lose badly to Tim Elliott. It wasn't like a domination by Tim Elliott at all. And I think, didn't some people even say Okikubo won that fight? Yes, there were plenty of people that said Okikubo would have won that fight. Yeah, and so usually, well, that's, it's, it was kind of, I, I know a lot of people were surprised when Okikubo did not get like another fight with UFC. But hey, we have him rising now, so at least that's a positive. Um, and you know, when it comes down to Okikubo, I think that. Considering the fact that this is his bounce back fight, his comeback fight, I really think Okikubo is gonna 
channel his inner fighting spirit, and I really think that Obi Kubo is gonna, you know, just try and. I mean, he's gonna basically fight his ass off for three rounds, and I hope that he wins. I hope so. I hope so. I hope that this fight is gonna be nothing more but a knockdown, dragout brawl between him and Takizawa. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I definitely think I. I definitely agree. I think this is Ogi who is going to win this fight. Um, he rebounds from losses uh, very well, uh, as we saw with the uh, Horiguchi fight. The only problem is, is that we've seen his matches go to very close, his two wins in Ryzen uh, against Ishutari and Matoya, very close with decisions. Um, you got to be careful, you know, because, you know, you could all, if it's, you don't want it to be too close, because then you can lose. So hopefully he won't leave it too much up to the judges. Uh, hope you know. I think he's gonna make sure that Takizawa does not have a chance to get uh, any judge's decision uh, in this match. It would be interesting though if Takizawa does win. Though it would be interesting to see, you know, this kind of this guy, this this uh, not not, not uh, this prospect, kind of like climb up the ladder and then, you know eventually gain title shot against Kai. But I don't know. I, I that the Kintaro fight I did not was not entirely impressed by Takizawa and. Based on that fight and what I see from Ogi Kubo, I definitely think that Ogi Kubo is going. I think will probably be the, the winner of this fight, um, unless some other uh, ex, uh, extracurricular force happens. Uh, with that being said, Christian, well, you gotta talk about the main event. This, this, this very, very important fight that that cements the one forty five title division. Uh, division title in the division. One hundred forty five pounds. Yes. Because, of course, this is Ryzen's first ever featherweight title contest. And what better way for them to close this event out and obviously close this year out with the Asakura brothers on top. Mikuru mm-hmm. Asakura, of which if you were to give Mikuru Asakura a nickname, what would you call him? He doesn't have a nickname already. I thought he had a nickname. Um, Shit. It have to be like the I don't know. It'd be probably a stupid like the outsider. I don't know. I don't know what. The... Either way, it's Miku Rasakura versus Yutaka Saito. First of all, the particulars for Saito: eighteen four and two overall is his record. Five feet eight inches tall, one hundred forty four point six pounds, height and weight. He's thirty three years old. Born October eighth, nineteen eighty seven, in Noshino. Akita Japan, representing Pan, representing Paresta Koiwa, fighting at Akatsushika, Tokyo, Japan. He's currently riding a two-fight MMA win streak, and most recently knocked out the Rebel FC featherweight champion Kazumasa Maijima at Ryzen 23, which we did make a call on on Twitch, Yes, we. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Back on August 10th, in, back on August 10th, in Saitama, right? Yeah, that was Saitama, yep. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, 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 was that, uh, was that, no, that wasn't, was that Saitama, or was that the, uh... No, actually, actually, that was Nagoya Aichi, Japan. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, he's a long-time veteran of Shudo. He defeated the legendary Kyle Uno. For the Shudo Featherweight title, he fought UFC veteran Mike Grundy. He fought former 
He's a former Shooto Lightweight Champion, Pacific Rim Lightweight Champion, of course. And the better way, he has a ton of experience in big pressure situations. But obviously, he's coming into this Ryzen fight with just one win in Ryzen. His opponent, he's probably... No, his opponent has made more of a name for himself alongside his brother in the Ryzen ring than anybody else ever could with the exception of Kyoji Horiguchi and Jiri Prohaska. <laughs> Mikuru Asakura. 5'10", 145 and a half pounds, age 28, born July 15, 1992, in Toyohashi, Aichi, Japan. He represents the Triforce Jiu-Jitsu Academy alongside his brother Kai, fighting out of Toshima, Tokyo, Japan. He holds a professional MMA record of 13 wins, one loss, and one no contest. And oh, by the way, Get this shit. <clears throat> he has been undefeated in the Rising Fighting Federation since he made his debut at Rising 12, knocking out Hatsu Miyoki. And two of his wins in Rising have been via knockout. But most of them have been, via, actually, three of his wins in Rising have been via knockout. Out of the, let's see, two, four, six. Seven wins he has, but everything else has been via domination. Of course, last time he was in the ring, he knocked out El Cazador Daniel Salas with a left high kick. But still, still, he is a former rings outsider, 70 kilogram world champion, and 65 kilogram world champion. He fought twice. In the road FC cage, going one and one, knocking out Du Xiaoboy, Du Xiaobo, losing the kill Wu Lee, of course. That was his last loss. I mean, that was his only loss. <laughs> but still, do you think that Miku Asakura is going to have a coming out party, you know, based off of this fight? And of course, the Tapology faithful? They ain't giving you Taka Saito no chance. 99% <laughs> outright. They want to see Miku Asakura win this fight. So I gotta say, again, do you think that this is gonna be a coming out party for Miku Asakura? And if so, and if he wins this fight in devastating fashion, what's next for him? Jack? <laughs> well, uh, first off, I want to say it's honestly surprising. You hardly see 99% of a, of a Tapology pick a winner, but that's the case for Asakura here. Uh, Saito has, unfortunately, only 1% of the picks. Um, but, I mean, the, this just makes sense to me. It makes sense that uh, Asakura is going to come out as the winner. Um, you know, I'm happy that this matchup, it's not... I mean, I'm confident that uh, As Asakura is going to win, but at the same time, this isn't like a matchup which is super lopsided, right? Like, it, they put him up against someone who clearly has the experience, he has the resume uh, for a fight of this level. So it's, I mean, I think it's a good match. 
Um, but I, I see uh, Mikru winning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Christian? I mean, to be quite honest, we all got to agree with the Tapology faithful, right? Nope. Not me. Oh. Are, are you, you like a... Let me go ahead are, are they explain, like a... Let me go ahead and explain my pick first. I think that Mikuru Asakura is going to probably get this done within the first couple of rounds just to show how dominant he is. And if somehow, some way, Saito has even a little bit of experience, a little bit of heart in him. And of course, you interviewed him, Andrew, so you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But still, even if he does come, if he does come in with a little bit of heart, I think it's going to be a struggle. I think it's going to be a fight to the finish. But other than that, I think Miku Rasakun is going to beat that ass. Jack, I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> I was saying, are you, like, enemies with topology? I don't understand. I <laughs> No. Uh, I know. Well, here, here's the thing. So, I've picked Mikuru in every fight that he's had in Ryzen besides this one. My, and this is the reason why. He hasn't fought in a number of months. He's coming back from injury. I forgot what type of injury. I think it's an elbow injury. I, he, he, he's a guy who has talked about fighting more than actual fighting. Than has done actual fighting. He has done his stuff on YouTube. He's, he's doing his stuff on YouTube. Uh, he's doing, I call it the Mikuru Azakura Contender Series uh, thing, which is he's taking three fighters for, uh, that are that are O and O or 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 have like no pro record, and he's he's um, bringing them to the Triforce Academy and training them and their and uh, getting them prepared for the their pro uh, pro careers. And uh, three of those fighters uh, are fighting in deep right now. Um, I see a guy. I don't, uh, and, and also, okay, and also, judging by the, 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 some of the people he's fought, okay, the, Daniel Salas, Daniel Salas, that was a mismatch, a mismatch in every way, that favorite, that favorite Azakura, uh, Yachi and Gustavo, they were, they weren't as dominant, dominant as I think that Azakura, sh- I think Azakura should have, should have blown right through them. I also want to point out the uh, Macapa fight that they had with the Bellator Ryzen thing. Out of all the fights that he's had in Ryzen, Macapa was the one guy to give him any sort of trouble. John Macapa, of all people, to give Azakura like any sort of like even a, a hint of like uh, of a fight, uh, 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 like any like who actually like put up a good fight. Saito is legitimately probably the toughest guy that that Azakura is going to be getting, uh, in terms of uh, talent, in my personal opinion. I just don't think I think that Ryzen has I think he has gotten a lot of easy fights that that have I don't want to say pat his record, but that have that were that were fights that were that he that were made for him to win, and. I feel I don't know. I feel like the one this one fight, which I think will be the toughest fight of Azakura's. I think this. I think we're going to to see a guy who's we're going to see. I don't know. I just don't feel like he's a. We're get, 
he's not going to match up well with Saito. I, Saito in that in the Majima fight looked like a monster. I that was one of the best knockouts I've ever seen. Just you know the blocking, the takedown, just kicking him in his in his fucking face while he's on the ground. That, that I saw that, and I saw I saw a guy who who has great fight IQ. I don't know with Azakura. How do we know he's even been one hundred percent training? Yeah, 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 battle, yeah, battle test, and also, you know, with his YouTube channel, you know how, listen, we see with fighters all the time, whenever they find a money-making venture that, that they're successful at outside MMA, when they come back, they aren't always successful. Uh, remember when Rampage started doing movies, and then he came back oh, to... The, like that shitty A-team? Yes, and he came back to UFC, and yeah, he was, like, absolutely not the same fighter at all. Um, I'm trying to think of other, um, other examples right now, but I can't think off the top of my head, but that's the example I always remember. I just don't know. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to pick if this were any other condition, if, if, if this, if Azakura wasn't YouTube, wasn't YouTubing or doing the, his contender series things or whatever, and taking this long layoff, I would probably be a uh, partial. I would say, yeah, Azakura, but. I just I don't know I'm I'm seeing all these other factors that are in there and I'm like I don't know I don't see how it's ninety nine percent picking him at all like not even like it's just I I I don't think it's it's they're gonna be that easy of a win for Azakura if he even if he does win but I'm, that's why I'm picking Saito I think that Saito uh, I uh, everything I, that points to me is that Saito is ready for this match as well yeah we talked to him and. Yeah, he says that, uh, you know, he says that he's seen what Mikuru does wrong in his fights. Uh, and he, and he says he's going to exploit those, uh, those weaknesses. Um, yeah, and you know, Asakura, uh, in interviews has said this guy's beneath his level. And you know, that's the thing is that you got to be careful as well. If Asakura goes into this fight and doesn't take Saito seriously as well, he will, he's going to get knocked out. I think, I think he will get knocked out. Um, other interesting things to point out about these two. These two have never been finished in a pro MMA match, ever. They both have only lost by decision. So, I'm hoping that this fight ends in a finish with one of them. That's the, that's uh, if I can mention a few things, I yeah. I uh, disagree with a few things you said there. Um, for one, I think, I, I don't necessarily agree, but what you said about um, booking for Mikuru, I don't... I don't think, I mean, when you look at his record through Ryzen, um, it seems like through his whole run, he's been matched with people who, on record, on paper, are either better than him or um, about the same level as him. When he fought uh, Luis Gustavo, he, Gustavo was coming off of um, that knockout victory over Yachi. Um, I guess the only fight in this uh, that, that, would, that would seem like um, it sort of favored... Uh, Mikuru was, well, obviously the February fight against Salas, mm -hmm. but um, the one against Yachi as well, where, um, you know, he was not necessarily, he was in the middle of a um, not too good of a run. Yeah. Um, but I think that in his whole career, he's been given pretty fair matchups and has shown over and over that he's a solid fighter. Um, also, uh, you said that he, you know, with his hands full, he might be a little uh, not too focused enough in MMA. I mean, uh, Kai Asakura, we can't. Um, not mention that he's been having a huge uh, career on YouTube as well. Not, I mean, to be fair, not as big of a one as uh, Mikuru mm -hmm. numbers-wise, 
but he's been posting, you know, every other day on YouTube, and he's still been putting on uh, amazing performances in his outings. Mm. Um, and he's expected to, you know, really show up against uh, Kyoji because that's going to be a big fight where he has to show up. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know. I think I think these guys have shown they can ba- have that balance of YouTube and fighting. We'll have the layoff though. Yeah, that's true, and uh, I'll give you that that there is the layoff. Um, and you, you said he was injured. I didn't. I, didn't I think know yeah, that. they, that's why the Boku fight didn't happen. I think because uh, he got some sort I of injury. It, I thought it just didn't happen because Ryzen stopped everything because of COVID. No, I I I, I seem to recall because because they did have Mikuru. Remember they have Mikuru on commentary uh, for that uh, for twenty three or twenty two, maybe both of them. I I think I. Do seem to remember them say, uh, initially saying that it was due to injury. Let me double check on that. That's at least because listen, I I would have felt that it w- they would have booked that fight immediately, uh, you know, post COVID, had they uh, uh, had that happened. Uh, I mean, because listen, you know, with with Mikuru, you know, you're gonna get a sold out show, so I kind of figured that that's why they that there had to be some sort. Of, let me double check on that actually. But uh, continue uh, continue talking, Jack. Um, if I don't know if you want to continue your points. No, that's all I had. Uh, I did want to mention though. I've, I'm interested to hear like uh, how much of a crossover does his YouTube fame actually translate to his fighting? Um, you know, is his fan base on YouTube? Because uh, do they care about his fights? It seems like to an extent they do, because um, so much of his content revolves around fighting. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. It's I don't know how much that translates. Uh, I think this show is sold out. I believe this show is officially sold out, last I checked. Or at least there's, like, no, barely any tickets left. But also, I think they're probably doing um, half a, half an audience or whatever. Yep. So, that, that that is, you have to take I mean, that. They are doing half an audience because the building holds about, what, 12,000? So, they're doing 6,000 people? Yeah, which, you know... If you have me, one of the Mikuru, uh, one of the Mikuru, one of the Azakura brothers, that sells out easily. Uh, it's six thousand, like that. Uh, there does seem. I'm pretty sure people in Japan would pay to see half of Mikuru. I mean, I think it definitely, it definitely does cross over, um, uh, Jack, because you know it seems like every time that they're, that Kai or, or Mikuru are in a main event, they always sell out. Even before the pandemic, they were selling out with uh, Kai. On the New Year's Eve show, and then uh, I think the Mikuru Solid show sold out as well. Uh, so there's, I think there's definitely, there is sure. definitely major crossover. Uh, sure. Sorry, Christian, go ahead. No, 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 no. I was yawning. I was yawning. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely do think that there that there is major crossover uh, with the, I, I, at least uh, when it comes to attendance. Um, I can't find anything about the injury. I, that's one of those things, I don't know, maybe I'm having like a, uh, Berenstein Bears moment or whatever you call it. The, <laughs> yeah. What, where I thought, whatever that, or whatever that thing, oh, Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. Yeah, maybe I'm having a Mandela effect. And that's why I thought. Well, I mean, that, that would make sense that injury took him out. I didn't It just seems that, like, but, um... because why, why would they, because when you're bringing back a, pan, a, a post, uh, a, a show during the pandemic, I would figure you have, you want to, Shove both Azakura brothers uh, on one sh- on one show each to make sure you sell out. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Maybe I'm having a Mandela moment. Um, uh, I did want to ask you guys. Yeah. Um, 
about just the title picture and the promotion in general. On this show, we're seeing a new title brought into the picture. Of course, two of the championships in Rise and the Super Atomweight and the Light Heavyweight are both vacant right now. Um, do you guys think that this is an issue? Or, I mean, I could be getting ahead of myself too much here because on New Year's Eve we could see um, one of those belts or even both of those belts find a new champion. Um, uh, well, you know, it's, well, once you add another title yeah. to the picture, that is something you have to manage and you have to try to keep that division alive, right? Um, yeah. So do you think that, you know, four belts is going to be hard for them to manage, especially when two are empty right now? Well, I think when it comes to light heavyweights, they don't have to worry about it's it right now. It's hard enough to find competitors as it is because, yeah. you know, when it comes to the rising, I mean, when it comes to the light heavyweight division, Obviously, that's full of foreigners, and they can't come in to the country at this particular time. Yeah. So you should. Do you think that once that changes, once that ban gets lifted, they're going to go back to using that belt? Oh yeah. I mean, it might take some time, but of course they are. Oh definitely. Oh definitely. You'll you'll definitely be able to see people from Bellator come in. Um, they'll probably get Simon Beyond to come back. Jay Kuhn. Uh, the regulars. Uh, yeah, there's there's legitimately no. There's maybe like two light heavyweights in Japan, and like they probably I don't I don't know who they are even. That's how that's how shitty it is right now in Japan. Adam weight division though is a very interesting point you brought up because now with Ham going to one FC, it looks like um, the problem. Oh, with- actually, that's already been confirmed. CLP Ham is going to the dreaded. The problem with the with the Adam Waits division is that it basically comes down. Well, now that Hom's not anymore, not there anymore. It, it the two people who are going to dominate it, dominate it are Kana Azakura and Reina Kubota. Those are the only two that are going to be like everybody else is just on a level below them, and especially in uh, Japan, especially. Uh, they, it's, it, well, what wind up happening is, is that if they do decide to have uh, another match with that, it's either going to be Reina or Kana as champion. That's what it's going to come down to. Until that, think, um, sorry, go ahead. I think that uh, a benefit that they have is that so much of the division is within the country right now. Um, I mean, you would see them bring in occasionally some Invicta FC fighters uh, for fights because Invicta... I mean, besides Ryzen, they are the people who are um, yeah. doing the most atom weight stuff yeah. in the MMA scene. Um, but I mean, when you think about it, travel restriction in a travel restriction world, um, Ryzen still has some fights they can make in their atom weight division within Japan. But also, the problem is that the talent is just so lopsided. It's basically Kana, Reina, uh, uh, Miyue, Distant Third, and then everybody else. Is all the way at the bottom. Uh, I think that's that's why you would see them bring in Invicta people so often. Is yeah. Because their their roster for that division, while it was um, one of their biggest in the promotion, it was still a pretty small one. They needed people to travel in for fights. Actually, I do want to correct myself. There, there is also I, uh, I Shimizu, uh, former Crazy V's I Shimizu, but uh, she hasn't fought on Ryzen. I can't remember the last what time. What about she- uh, Hamasaki? Uh, yeah, most definitely Ayaka Hamasaki. Yeah, that was that's a a big omission. I was sort of scared, like I was thinking for a second, like did she retire? And I 
miss the news no, or something? No, he did or? not retire. But okay, thank God. compete against Yoki Han for the fourth time. Well, I, I, I neglected to put her in there because I, I don't know, I... So I'm going to rework that whole thing. I forgot Hamazaki. So it comes down to basically Hamazaki, Reina, and Kana tied, Miyu at a very distant third, and then everybody else below that. So... Um, is, is, is Reina even like part of the division anymore? Good. Because I could be wrong, but she's, she does all her fights now at like a catch weight of like 110 pounds. And she said she's retired or something. I don't know. She she says she she always says she's gonna retire. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Reina, uh, I I don't know what her deal is. Let me take her out. Let me take Reina out. It's gonna be Hamazaki, Kana. It's like the fourth draft. Yes. Yeah. And then Miu distant third, and then everybody else blow. I Shimizu don't know. Uh, then again, isn't Miu? On the bad side of her 40s? Yeah, but she's still... She's so athletically gifted that, like... She could be fighting into her 60s, and she'll still... Yeah, when... I, I think that, uh... She's, she's, like, a weird exception where... Seemingly, you can't... Um... You can't take into account her age when it comes to how... Like, equating to her performance. Yeah, it's like Randy Couture. Randy Couture was doing this shit at 40, and, you know... Ha- had better gas has better gas tank than some fighters do at twenty years old. So it's a, it's a skill that all fighters wish they could have, but um, most don't. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. So that me was the outlier on that. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do with, with Adam Waits. Um, really, the fight I I think they were gonna try to make was Reyna versus uh, Ham. I think that would have been a very compelling matchup. Um, a very interesting stylistic matchup. But, yeah, obviously, you know, with Han being Korean, can't go to Japan, sounded like that she wa- that she uh, wanted to fight. So, 1FC uh, took her. Uh, yeah, I know that. I mean, when the, when the border opens up in Japan, I mean, yeah, I guess they'll get, they'll get more of those Invicta fighters. They'll get um, uh, Zabatella, who's the current uh, Atomweight champion. Probably back, I'm guessing. Maybe they'll give Lindsey Van Sand another chance. Um, they should give Tabitha... I mean, they should give Tabitha Watkins another chance. Yeah, yeah. Jill DeCourcy as well, who we talked to uh, a number of months ago. Um, if they don't give Jill DeCourcy a chance when this whole thing blows... I'm not going to say blow over, but when this whole thing kind of dies down a bit, they're crazy. Yeah. So right now, I think I definitely feel like Adam Weight. If they want to do something with it, they have better opportunities to, but not with light heavyweight, uh, men's light heavyweight. That is a division that is dead uh, until the borders open up, <laughs> or dead until Rocky Martinez makes his way back. Even though, of course, he's a heavyweight, but he, did, he keeps his he, ass handed to him in the UFC. Did so say that he wants to go down to two hundred five. He did say he wants to go down to two hundred five after that last fight. So he might. Who knows? We might see a nice, svelte Rocky Martinez next time he fights in UFC. Beautiful abs and all that good shit. I'm interested to see how he would do light heavyweight, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, I think he would do good at that. Either that or they'll give him his walking papers and he'll go right back to Ryzen and to Brawl International. 
Oh, yeah, well, I like I like this brawl international promotion. I I like to see that back. Um, uh, well, Jack, what which fight are you looking forward to the most on this card? On this card? Yeah. Well, I guess it would have to be the main event. I mean, uh, out of everybody on this card, I mean, there's some great fights on this card that we discussed, but uh, the main event, uh, you know, sometimes I'm sold not just on the fighter, but on the character as well. Yeah. And I think uh, Mikuru Asakura is certainly one of those cases where, you know, he is completely a star at this point. Um, and, you know, he has the resume in MMA to back up that he's a star, and he has just his status with his YouTube channel and um, the character he's cultivated, which makes him a star. Um, and it, I also, I just, I like the image of the uh, twin, or not not twin, but the, the brother champions. To me, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I thought twin because I was thinking about the uh, Ibotta brothers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm sold on the character, and um, out of everything on this card... Um, that's what interests me the most. I did, uh, I know I've said this before many times, I said that Ryzen should just do one day a card, like a family card, where they have, like, brothers uh, fight on this, not not fight each other, but fight, like, I don't know, it would be like, I don't know, something, something, like, wacky, like, Rui Ibata versus, uh, I don't know, some, I don't know, uh, you know, like, Basically, what you're trying to say is like a family like, feud, family feud, but MMA style. Uh, Yes, I would just love to see. I think I would love to see Rise and do that. That would be a very funny as fuck thing to do, and it could be a good car as well. Um, what about the kickboxing matches, though, Jack? Is, are are you just looking forward to Tiger possibly making a comeback? Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I mean, uh, there's always the opportunity for someone to uh, make a splash, right? So, um, I'm in no way writing off the other fights like the ones. Like that one where we don't really know too much about two guys. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always that opportunity. So, um, you know, of course I'm going to be watching them. And uh, if someone puts on a, a stellar performance, I'll take note of that. Christian, uh, which fight are you looking forward to? I think that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing Tiger as well in the kickboxing bouts. I just hope that he proves me wrong and actually wins. But... When it comes down to MMA, obviously we're all looking forward to the main event. But I'm definitely looking forward to Hero Maso Kikubo versus... Shit, who are we facing again? Oh, wait. Takashi Sato. Okay, the ta- oh. Takizawa. Takizawa. Takizawa, yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> As for me, um, kickboxing... I'm looking forward to that Ibata uh, Sano kickboxing match. Again, oh. You see a 6'6 six, six guy get handled by a 6 foot guy. Well, not even that, but also because Ono versus Ono. That's just a very. It, it, I just find that compelling. It just, I, I always find that. It, it, it's interesting to see. You know, because like I said before, don't know how the fight's going to go. It, it's either. It could be good, it could be middle of the road, it could be shit. But I can't predict it. I have no hard prediction on it. Um, and uh, for MMA, gotta go up that main event. It's, I think it's I think it's gonna be I think the crowd's gonna be hot for it. I think it's gonna be I'm it's gonna be I'm gonna be on edge of my seat in that because it's I think it'll be Mikuru's toughest fight in my opinion up uh, up until that until up until the bell rings. 
Uh, and we get to finally see, you know, this 145 division finally get a champion um, in, in, in a division that for so long was just seemingly neglected by Ryzen. Uh, it seemed by design at first, but then, uh, yeah, they just decided, you know what, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to spruce up this vision. We're going to make it something. And I'm glad that they, that they stuck to it. And it's, yeah, we have a very compelling title fight in my opinion. Not this isn't, you know, this isn't Jiri versus King Mo or, or something or an absurd fight. This is between two, two, uh, high ranked fighters, two great fighters, uh, and Fighters looking to blaze a trail. Exactly. You know, this isn't some meme fight. This isn't, you know, oh, oh, Japan, Japan, J JMMA going JMMA. This is a legit fight, and I'm, I can say I'm absolutely excited for it. I'm really, really looking forward to this main event. Uh, with that being said, Jack, um, I want to give you the opportunity to plug anything that you're working on. Um, if you got any articles or content coming up that you want to plug, social media, all that good shit. Floor is yours. Yeah, of course. Um, all my MMA news coverage happens on knockdownnews.com. Um, on there, I do live coverage of events, breaking news, and I'm trying to do more, um, you know, interesting like feature writing content. This weekend, um, I will be one of the brave soldiers staying all night watching Ryzen. So um, if if you are not able to make it or you're not able to make it through the whole thing, I'll be doing live coverage of it um, and you'll be able to go back and um, see the articles and um, see what happened uh, during the night if you want to. So it'll be on that website, uh, knockdownnews.com. And uh, my Twitter, that's Jack Wannan, so J-A-C-K-W-A-N-N-A-N. And also, we gotta check, you got to tell everybody to check out your article on... Uh... On uh, Ryzen Japanese MMA uh, time disparities for fans internationally. Yes, yeah, yeah, that was um, that was a few months ago. I had I had you guys as a quote in it. Um, it was about uh, just how there's always been this issue with uh, JMMA and um, getting it to the international audience. Um, luckily, we're seeing with this platform, although it is a bit of a hit on the wallet. Um, oh. And yeah. You know, I, I definitely feel for people, um, you know, I'm a student, I'm, I'm broke, so uh, I feel for people who aren't able to watch it, uh, because it is a hit on the wallet, but with that being said, um, you know, I think a lot of us are just thankful that um, Ryzen is still open for the international fans to watch. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it works! Going back to that article, you had more of Andrew than you had me in that article, but... I digress. I can't complain too much. Well, listen, I don't know, but that article I know got you a lot of hits, right? I know a lot of people got like I guess what was it socially engaged? Is that the term that that they use now? I know that I I saw like when you publish it, like it got passed around. It passed around like a like a hat in church. I was happy about that. Yeah, um, that was the first time I've ever had something uh, sort of get that sort of reach online. Um, and I, I was happy about it because, you know, it's it's one of those things where, um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do journalism that is covering uh, everything and especially topics that are, you know, talking about problems. And that was certainly addressing a, a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it, it's not one of the most serious things on the planet, but 
uh, like anything, it just it, it's good to sort of feel like you have that reach to the public. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, Andrew, you could have said that the article was passed around like a joint at a hippie concert. Well, I was going to be like worse and try to be like, it was passed around like a whore at like... Oh. I was gonna be like I was I wanted to say something like that but like I couldn't think of of, of the uh, of the cinnamon or whatever it's called so I was just like a hat and church I had to think of I I was a bland yeah I was I was a bigger fan of the hat and church one exactly you see 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 the author says that so yeah I I went I, I chose I chose wisely I chose wisely in that case um is there anything that you could tell us that you're that you're I know you're gonna be coming rising but is there any long term or anything that you wanna satiate the audience with that uh that they uh you want to give uh out uh or that you can talk about it's one of those things where uh i'm also in school right now so i'm like super busy with stuff so i'm just like trying to like stay on the mma beat um i'm trying my best on the site to just provide as much um news and live coverage for people so um you know all i can say is that like um i think that People should give the, the site a shot, and if you like it, stick around. Um, and I just I think that soon I will be trying out more um, interesting things. That's not just like hard news. Gotcha, gotcha, great, great, and also great. I get you. But no, no, uh, no absolute teasers on things just now. You guys are gonna have to uh, stay on the edge of your seat and wait more. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. That's the old, the old pro wrestling booking. You have you have to make your audience wait. You you book you you. You talk. Yeah, you have to tune in. You have to tune in for the uh, Raw after WrestleMania this year. <laughs> really you gotta have those cliffhangers, otherwise the story won't make much sense. Uh, well, and Christian, I'm gonna give you the uh, the sign out, the sign out privileges. Okay, first of all, Rise and Fighting Federation, Rise of 25, taking place from Osaka Castle Hall, aka Osaka Joe Hall. This Saturday, November the 21st, midnight Eastern, or November 20th, 11 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Pacific, all taking place via the Ryzen Live platform. You can access that at RyzenFF.com. You're going to have to pay for a little bit. I mean, you're going to have to pay just to see it. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's a free option where you hear audio commentary but not see anything or get the first few fights for free. But still, go to RyzenFF.com. It's all right there, baby. Other than that, you know the drill. You know the deal by now. If you want to check us out on all forms of social media, you can. Well, actually, you can only check us out on Twitter. I'm at ChrisGary92. Andrew is at Adventure One. The show handle is at We Are Rising Pod. W E A R E R I Z I N P O D all in one word. And you can get this show and plenty more episodes like this on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, hopefully, and soon. All your favorite podcast providers of choice. But if I'm not mistaken, I think it's about that time. So for all of us, and most especially for all of you, we thank you for listening to the show. We thank you for tuning in with us. 
thank you for interacting, getting the show over, helping us get over in the process. And as we bid y'all adieu, until the next time we hear from all of you, I think Lenny Hart has something to say. Wait.